This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Nealog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're living in a world without understudies hmm. and exploring craft in life. As we finish... Love. No. I got oh. no time for that, love. Okay. As what we are we finishing? Finish watching Spine 250 in the Criterion Collection, RJ. Five yeah. films of John Cassavetes' box set. Opening oh, wow. night from 1977. Huh. And And... Yeah. The documentary A Constant Forge from 2000, directed oh, really? by I know Charles Kisiliak. Who? How's it going, Who? RJ? Are you firstly, actually asking? Firstly. Oh, I mean, I'm fine. How do how do I sound though? You sound fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm this all this is all news to me. I can't wait to hear you talk about Cassavetes. I think he's a good guy. I wish I could watch more of his movies. Outstanding. It's. I, I wish I knew that you were covering those. I would have watched them. Oh, cool. You, you, yeah. you heard about this guy before? This Cat Avetis? Is that uh, what the kids are calling him nowadays? Cat Avetis. Cat Avetis. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, so I had um, I had to do this work thing yesterday, and uh, it allowed me to work from home. Wow. Just because it was... Yeah, I know. Pretty wild, hey? Uh, one day, I didn't actually have to be in the... Uh, in the actual physical building, they're like, you know what? You guys can go home. We'll do it all over Google Meet. You'll be good. And I was like, nice. I was like, I can stay home. I don't have to wait. I can sleep in like two hours later than normal because I don't have to do all the other shit. I just roll out of bed and go on the computer, you know, Jer? Uh, so it was good and stuff. And then I realized, uh, you know, the prop I have set up for our uh, Patreon uh, friends? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We... Fuck. I'll, I'll tell everyone in that building I love data. It just, uh, it came to me like halfway through. I was like, oh, I was like they can all see data. They're learning more about my life they probably didn't want to know. You know? Probably. How would you feel if you just, like a coworker, you saw their like house and you saw their data set up? And um, I mean, would you be wearing your Starfleet uniform? I mean, I have a, I have the badge right here. It's it's a magnet. It's really good, actually. It, like it's it's a pretty good quality product. What what kind of product is this? This is a, a good. Are, are you are you did you get a com badge, RJ? I did get a com badge for well, for for Star Trek. I yeah. Well, I don't know if well. I mean, well, shit. We haven't even talked post Creeptober, but uh, for uh, where I work, uh, it's encouraged to dress up. So I I went with. I want it to be something that was easily repeatable in years to come and very low investment. So uh, I have a light blue sweater yeah, and I have black pants. And uh, I was like, I just need a con badge and uh, maybe some Spock ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I bought some Spock ears on Amazon for like six bucks. And then I got a con badge on Amazon for like 15 or so. Mm-hmm. So all in it's, under $25 and mm-hmm. uh you know I think it was a great success. What did you, what do you think? It's pretty cool. I mean, there's a word that comes to mind. I, I can't it escapes me. Um super good at stuff. Yeah. Did you like that bathroom selfie I sent you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I I, I am wondering it's like uh, did you choose the blue intentionally? Well, yes, and you know why? Cuz it's the uniform of a science officer. 
Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. You know, actually, one person actually picked up on that. They're like, Spock, science. And I was like, you're right, baby. I didn't say baby because I'd I'd be uh, fired. But uh, I was like, oh. you're right. Oh, boy. You know, you know, harassment, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? Nothing. Something about how I'm really cool. Yeah. I'm like a I'm nah. smart, attractive guy. Something like that. No, not no. Some there's a word. I I don't know. It'll Shut come. up, nerd. It, there it is. So um, cool. Halloween. So was ha- Halloween was uh uneventful for you. Oh, uh, we had, we gave out candy, but in in a safe uh distance way. So what we did is we have this like doorway at the not at our house, but like past the sidewalk or past like the walkway at the sidewalk. And so we, we roped it off with like caution tape, like Halloween caution tape. And then uh, we packaged up uh, like three, four candies and little sandwich bags with like a little wrap or ribbon. And uh, I just put them on the, I lined them up on the fence. And then every like 20 minutes I'd look and I'd be like, Oh, they're all gone. So I'd go line them up again. So I did that and we ran out of candy and I don't think it was people just taking all of them because uh, I was popping my head out and people were being pretty good. So, Mm -hmm. but uh, I did, there was one awkward moment where I went to go fill it up and there was people there waiting for it. And I was like, and there were little kids, they had masks on and stuff, but I didn't have a mask on because I didn't expect anyone was to, was going to be out there. So I was just kind of like, uh... Well, I just kind of threw it at them. That's what, yeah, exactly. You take the candy, yeah. you throw it out onto the road, and then they'll, mm. while they're distracted, you do that job, and then you run back in. Right. Yeah, yeah. that was that was kind of my go-to, but uh, I was super surprised at how busy it was out in the streets with people. Like, my neighborhood was was jammed. No, oh, weird. It's like it's like there's like not a pandemic going on or anything with, with, how... with record numbers. <laughs> Well, exactly. And could you can you think of a worse super spreader event than trick or treating? Mm, I could because I think it's the Halloween party that uh, uh, that. But uh, I mean, I would say that luckily, I think if you're outdoors, you're good. So I, actually, I don't think trick and trick or treat is the issue. But whether what about or not, do- but it's, opening it's, the doors and breathing inside people's houses like a- yeah, I don't think I don't know if it works that well. <laughs> I, I think, I don't... yeah, because you're still like, yeah, I, th- I think you'd be fine. But okay. we're, we're going to find out here in approximately another, what, five days when the, when people start getting <laughs> a little, little sicker. <clears throat> well, and then, the, and then they'll go get tested, which will take another week for results. Uh, two days to five. Two days. You know, something oh, like that. That's not bad. I, I have, I've now heard from uh, people who have been tested uh-huh. um, as, as more and more people that I know are getting this all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the turnaround is about two days. Whatever happened to, uh, uh, I don't know anyone who's got it, so it uh, must not be real. Well. Yeah. I know three. How, how about that? How about that? Yeah. How about that? Well, but Anyways. But they didn't die, right? It's just like the flu. <laughs> Like no, but their life is horrible now. Look at them. Because Look at them. much like the flu, we you know we shut everything down and ex- still experience like quadruple death counts. <laughs> or well, yeah, whatever. Or whatever. Uh, hey, how was your uh, Halloween? Hey, movies. How Horror. many movies did you watch on Halloween Day? Oh, I only went managed six. I did not break that record last year of ten. Ooh, only six. What are you a nerd? Yeah, but I watched six the day before, and oh. um, so did I mean, you watch six the day before that too? Because that would have been a no. A that that was still a work day. That was still a work day. 
you were so close. I know to unlock something. The Satan contract. Ooh, that'd be a good band name. It's not bad at all. Put, what, put you, it, what kind of putting music it out do you there? That it could be a podcast. The Satan contract. Yeah, people would be like, "What's that all about?" And they would check it out, and it's like about just lifestyles, you know, setting the SJW straight. Mm, interesting. Two guys. Interesting. Two guys named Chad. Ooh, they're both named Chad. Yeah. Would their their last names be a first name too, like Chad John and uh, Chad uh, Ryan, mm, something like that? Yeah, the equivalent. Yeah. Something like that. Oh well, did you go out trick or treating though? You know what, RJ? Yeah, I I didn't. Not this you year. You decided to sit yeah. in this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought you would because you're such a big Halloween boy, but oh well. I am in my heart. It was uh, the one year you're like, you know what? Maybe I'll sit one out for the greater good. Is that kind of what you were thinking? Um. Yeah. Sure. 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 Interesting. Sure, sure pal. Anything else happened to you this week? Did you uh, did you get um, kicked out of any restaurants or grocery stores or anything like that? No, no, that has that didn't happen. Oh, um, okay. I know. I know of some restaurants that closed their doors due to employees getting, you know, COVID, going mm-hmm. in, going into work before getting tested. Maybe even like waiting for the results because they just can't afford to miss a paycheck. And, who can? Uh, who can? And uh, you mm-hmm. know, because nationalized sick days. What a what a ridiculous idea. So, yeah, that, that was fun. Uh, yeah. My parents, they uh, their 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 local pub got hit by this, and mm. uh, they they were a little like, oh, but the place is back open again. And where are my parents? <laughs> are they are they out there right now having dinner? Last I heard, they they, wow. they, they couldn't wait. They just have to like wait for their opportunity. They're like, what's they're like, we don't give a shit. We're going back. That's right. We're doing it. Do they have masks that like open up for food and then close again mm, when they're chewing? No, they, I, they don't yet. I've seen those ones that are like they're mag tied or they have like magnets in them. So they do lock, but then you can like, blah, blah. Can you see? Well, people at home can't see that, but I was doing the. There, there's a certain wetness there, though, I think. Blah. I heard uh, you, we need three layers now. So all these masks, these millions of masks mm-hmm. we have are all useless. No. Until they get a third layer. Uh, I don't know. Count any ballots this week? Have have I? All I do is count ballots, buddy. Oh, wow. Let's, uh, cool. let's go have a look Uh-oh. here at oh, uh, Lord. US 2020. Uh, nothing has changed. Uh, we got Biden, 264, and we got uh, your buddy Donald at 214. My close personal chum. I think it's been uh, locked in at this for like an hour or so. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't think it's going to change um, probably for at least another couple of days. There's That's 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 our coverage uh, <laughs> uh, on this yep. particular week in time. I don't know. You know what's funny, RJ, is we're, we're missing because if we didn't do ghoul schools mm-hmm. uh, in two weeks, we'll be doing an entire fucking episode on a goddamn movie about being on the campaign trail. What, is what, it, what, what horrible timing for us, huh? Do you think, is the movie Election with uh, Matthew Broderick? Is uh, that the movie? No, no. It would be the uh, the Robert Altman movie. Because we're going into oh. Robert Altman territory. 
I, I heard uh, Robert Altman gets calls from Alberta. Is that accurate? <laughs> uh, yes, it is. <laughs> you're, you're about the only guy in the world I know that has a landline. And I know we've discussed mm-hmm. this before, how you don't have a cell phone. But uh, it's wild. It's wild, it's, man. Uh, I'm old school, you know. <laughs> so do you think Alberta is the name of the person calling? Or is it just like that's all they could narrow it in on? It's like the calls from Alberta. We, we don't have anything else. It's the, it's the great grand narrative, I suppose, of, uh, I don't know. They want to know who it is. And it's like, well, you're a place. It's a, it's a sense of place. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think the message is playing out now. So I think if mm-hmm. you want your personal information aired, mm-hmm. uh, now's a good time. Uh, please, and uh, people at home can join in. Send us your social insurance. Uh, what's legal for me to ask for? Was that even legal for me to ask for that? How you Credit voted, numbers, when you voted. You voted um, uh, medical history. Yeah. Uh, what else we got, man? Grandmother's maiden oh, name. Yeah. That's always that's that's always a good one. Your what dog. about your father's middle name? First first dog's name. The uh, street that you grew up on, potentially like um, nicknames and uh, like your grade school. Who was your favorite teacher? Maybe something like what was your favorite movie, Jarrett? Oh man, my favorite movie. Jeez, I, I feel like I'm, I'm responding to emails. <laughs> Oh, well, do we have any or do we just have voicemails? Do I do I have emails, RJ? I even I actually know. I actually even have an email from a first-time emailer who uh you and me? Yeah. What, you, you and me? Like writing to our own show? I I mean, I would. Uh sorry. I'm I'm so distracted. <laughs> um <laughs> not sec. intentional. Continue. Well, you got to tell me about this new first timer. And uh, is their name, uh, is it easily manipulative into a clever nickname of some sort? Well, or what do uh, well I'll, I'll, I'll have to give you the opportunity, RJ. Okay. Uh, first time emailer, Shane Gordon. <laughs> Shane Gordon? More like Glane Gordon? Is that a good one? Do you uh, like that? Well, I, I actually know Shane. And uh, I, 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 I do know this Shane, and uh, okay. his, his nickname around these parts is Shane O'Mac. Does he throw hands? I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know him well enough, I guess. I haven't seen him uh, mm-hmm. be given the opportunity to throw hands. But he writes in an email, mm. the brilliance that is Wonder Chosen. Oh, dear. I wasn't expecting that. All right. <laughs> Hello, creeps. First time emailer, recent podcast subscriber. I Ooh. just finished Ghoul School 14. Another outstanding show, gentlemen. My yeah. only issue is that RJ has not done a deep dive on the brilliantly made Wonder Chosen. In my opinion, oh. the show lambasted children's television and now how as a society we let TV raise our children and teach them morals. The show took everything that normal shows did and turned them up to 20. Screw Nigel and Eleven, shining a spotlight on the subversive messages of the day and making them glaringly blatant. Jarrett seemed to have more of an understanding of this gem, even the hidden gold of horse apples from season two. Mm. Trevor Haynes was brilliant as the beat kids reporter when not rubbing shoulders with Dennis Leary on Rescue Me. Brilliant comic minds like Todd Berry, Amy Poller, Zach Alphanakis, and David Cross graced the show with a guest spot or two. Jarrett would know mm-hmm. best about his co-host tastes, but this was a staple of my life. 
Hope this classic can bring joy to your lives. Arby's question for you boys. Oh. <laughs> All right. Did Fire you did you ever take on the brown sugar bacon half pound oh. club when they had it? This is my hands down favorite special menu sandwich. Well, that's all for now. Looking forward to some more amazing content from you guys and most likely some more incel comments from RJ and female upper torso cutting scenes from Jarrett, your fellow Creepsville Tonian, Shane Gordon. Wow. What what was that word? Uh, how did what was the thing he said? Hand about the What was the thing he said about Arby's, the thing that he orders? The brown sugar bacon half pound club. What was the lead in again? What, what do you mean? Like, did you ever take it on? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, Jarrett's all about taking on Brown. And because it would have been this funny poop joke, you know. Uh, but I kind of messed it up because I already forgot what he what he was saying. Wow. I was, hey, what's up? We do a podcast where we're supposed to be coherent. Uh, well, it's nice to hear that we got a Creepsvillian. I mean, I think there's a couple out there. Creepsviltonian. Creepsviltonian. That's probably better, actually. Uh, well, what what about it, Jared? Did you ever take on that brown? I do not recall the brown sugar bacon half pound club. Mm. Well, I remember it advertised, but uh, Andrea kind of bugs me for it sometimes. But I I usually just get the same stuff at all the places. Like, um, there's a restaurant here, a steak place, Jared. You know the one. I've gotten the same meal there for probably twelve years. Same meal. You get that baseball. <laughs> Baseball steak, baby. Oh. And then I'll get a baked garlic shrimp to start. And like, I've been getting, I don't go that often anymore, but uh, whenever I do, it's the same meal for like over 10 years. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, no, I have not uh, tried that. And, uh, but, uh, you know, Shane O'Mac is right. Um, you know, my tastes almost as good as some people. So what do you think? Uh, would a uh, wonder chosen be for me or? Hmm. I don't, I wonder how it is aged. Oh, maybe you need to screen an episode first before you uh, recommend it. Pass it on. Well, you know? I, yeah, I was checking out some clips recently, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if uh, you'd be over the moon up for it at this point. Mm. I, I, I don't know. It's it could have been a time and a place. I loved it. Um, whether or not it holds up, it's it's to be seen. You'll have to maybe find that out, RJ. I mean, I, I'd love to, but uh, I'm committed to this other franchise right now that I need to see through. And um, I mean, the the reality is, I might not watch a different TV show for what five years. No, not not at the rate you're going. Yeah, but I'm. I mean, I'm going to slow down now, but because DS9, I, I should be able to get done within the next like, I don't know, four months or so but then i have what four more series to go through after that yeah voyagers like six seasons seven. enterprise voyager seven enterprise is only like four right because yep. it's the and then uh discovery is oh. at three now yeah well, there's gonna be the new don't... one yeah coming after we'll two. see I, I, but we'll i don't know if they're gonna be getting really lengthy you'll have it done yeah. i think you'll have it done inside of the year buddy the whole franchise not, not, or just not this, not this calendar year okay but i think by the this time next year i think you might be through trek but i mean or you'll have abandoned it completely 
I mean, I don't, I don't want to. I enjoy Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I like Star Trek. I and uh, we'll see what happens. Well, I know a lot of people have been standing up for Voyager, but uh, I think I could probably surely get through Voyager. Uh, we'll see about Enterprise though. Sounds like Scott Bakula really, uh, really fucked around on that one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Well, it's time to hear oh. from Samuel Loveland. Ooh, love machine. I I can't wait. Oh, it was nice to hear from a new listener, yes, even absolutely. if they are from uh in town. Mm-hmm. And and Shane is doing the uh the Friday the thirteenth creep. Then he's not I even mean, waiting he's not even waiting for the thirteenth. He's just watching those Friday the thirteenth movies. I mean, I guess that that's one way to do it. You, I mean, watch whatever you feel like whenever you feel like, right? No. Well, I mean not not horror movies though. You just have to I mean, you have to stop. Right the right when Halloween ends. No more horror movies. Until? Until uh, October 1st. All right. The, they they just they don't, they don't exist, apparently. Sure. What about Christmas horror? Mm, that's an exception. All right. What about uh, New Year's Eve horror? Mm, is that still Christmas? What about Valentine's Day horror? No. Absolutely. What about St. Patrick's Day That's about Day love. Horror. That's about love. And that's about, I don't know, the Irish? What about? Do you watch Leprechaun? That's like a comedy. Easter, I, I would Easter, have. Easter Bunny themed horror. Christ, think... Christ horror. Ooh, is there such a thing? Uh, not yet. Uh, well, but, tell me when there is. Isn't there okay. like Jesus, Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter? That's a thing. Mm, that's too on the nose. Is it? Yeah. That that, that crosses a line for you. I mean, I, I was just, I was never really into that, like, uh, the Abe Lincoln vampire hunter stuff like that either. Brilliant. So, brilliant. What a what a great concept for a movie a I've little, never seen. It, but it probably is brilliant, yeah. It's a little too much like someone pulls their their glasses down and winks at you and then pulls them back up. Mm-hmm. You can know, you, presupposing. Can, can you wink, RJ? No. Did that work? No. Oh, Did that boy. one work? Man, you're a terrible winker. Well, maybe Sam Loveland is better. What do you think? Let's find out. Checking in is the name of this email. Hello, creeps. It's been a while since my last email. Unfortunately, I haven't until recently been listening to a lot of the Criterion Creeps. (gasps) What? In between school, work, and other things I've had going on, I just haven't found the time to be able to sit down and burn through those four-hour episodes. However, I've recently been getting back into the pod and have gone back and listened to most of the episodes I've missed. Must say, you guys are as great as ever, and it's nice to see Jarrett getting back into movies again for Creeptober. (laughs) Well... So, so they say now. Enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> min, your, min, mini figs uh, don't paint themselves. True, very true. Are you already off uh, oh, movies? Yeah. See that guy? Oh, uh, what is that? Is that it's like, like um, some like kind a, of butt? It's like a, it's like a Birdman. It's a bird. It's a Birdman. More like, like a butt like, man. like like starring Michael Keaton. That oh, okay. being said, because of mm-hmm. how busy I was in October, I missed Creeptober. That's <gasps> why I think I'll be trying to do my own sort of Creeptober month, but in December. See this? Is... What is this? December. The semester can... ends the first week of December, and with the uh-huh. pandemic making it so, I have to spend much less time at the lab. I'm a STEM bro like RJ. Oh, he's into STEM. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting, and hey, you know what? Creeptober is year-round, man. I think, uh, you know, like he can creep whenever he feels like. I know. You know, Jared. Hopefully, you know? 
I'll have time to sit down and watch some horror movies. You'll have to come up with a really contrived name for your themed month. That's the only rule. And it's got to be good. What about Duncan month? No. Oh, okay. It's got to be a, got like dismem- dismember? The month of dismember? That's not bad, right? Dismember? That's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's like, yeah. A, it's, you, ever, you ever watch ECW? Nope. De- December to dismember? Is that a thing? It's a pay per view. It's one of the oh. one of the worst pay per views in wrestling history. Well, and it's not even that bad. Also, before I forget, I think the Dybbuk movie Jared was trying to remember from one of the Ghoul School episodes may have been a serious man written and directed by the Coen brothers. The first sequence mm-hmm. set in the Pale of Settlement with dialogue entirely in Yiddish concerns a Dybbuk, and I think you might be right. Yeah. Anyways, that being said, with the new house and everything, I've been able to grill myself up some. Pl- or grill myself up plenty of food, especially steaks. How do you Ooh. guys like your steaks, if at all? Well, RJ was just talking baseball about baseball style. Look at the, the baseball. That's it's, how it's I like them. Fit, like in a mitt, just tough, mm-hmm. tough as leather, right? Uh, do you do? You, so Sam asks, do you uh-huh. like them rare, medium? Well, the baseball. Sorry, what? Etc. Uh, well, the baseball steak can only be cooked to medium rare. That's his because uh, of its density. Its density. So that that is how I enjoy it. I am a medium rare boy. What kind of seasoning do you put on your steak? I made myself a basic steak rub with stuff like kosher salt, pepper, paprika, thyme, garlic, and onion powder, etc. And it's pretty good. What cuts do you like? Baseball. Baseball cut. There you go. Is, yeah. is that is it, that is that a cut or is that formed? Uh, sculpted I think it's, formed. it's like um it's some kind of sirloin it's like tip or something i don't know what it fucking is but Ooh. do you what, what seasoning uh you know i actually i'm a salt and pepper guy but also i don't mind just giving a little dab of montreal steak spice like mm. i also i put that on like vegetables i think that stuff is just real good just some montreal steak spice on some vegetables mm, good stuff mm. Well, good, Sam good. Sam personally says you can't go wrong with a nice ribeye steak. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. steak. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a rare boy. Oh, mm. what? Delicious. Weird. I wouldn't have paid you for that. Oh yeah. I would have said well done with ketchup is what I would have guessed for you. <laughs> wow. Uh, that that cuts deep. Well, yeah, ri- ribeye is really good. It's expensive yeah, though. Good. Actually, in fact, steak is really expensive these days. Yeah, uh, beef is a luxury, right? Mm-hmm. For things, you know, baseball might be a ribeye steak. Actually, now that uh, you say that, the baseball steak. Right. Let me look it up here. You keep talking. Anyways, about this. thank you and have a good show. Well, thanks, um, Sam Loveland, the Love Machine. Okay, what is uh, what is why is it called a baseball steak? What? How is this a Google thing? It looks like a baseball. Well, maybe it's that fake bullshit from the keg. Maybe. I don't know. It's the only steakhouse we have. It's the only game in town, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? You figure that out. Justin Peterson. Uh, okay, you, you wow. know, tell me what he's up to. This is this is this is something, RJ. What do you mean? Does he talk about steaks too? Procrastination nation strikes again. Hey Jared okay. and RJ, what's happening? I once again let time get away from me this week, so I will keep this short. Goat's okay. movie question of the week. With the world abuzz with the US presidential election, what are your favorite political films of all time? 
I would go with mm. Wag the Dog, plus an honorable mention to those first couple seasons of the U.S. version of House of Cards. Thanks for the time, and I hope you have a great show. Cheers. P.S. Thanks so much for the official Criterion Creeps merch that arrived in the mail yesterday. <gasps> What's he talking about, Jerry? Uh, I don't know. What is he talking about, RJ? I was going to wait until uh, a few people got it, but maybe I'll make a post in the next day or two. Okay. Maybe I'll just tease you with that. How's that sound, Jerry? Okay. Uh, well, that's the shortest JP email we've ever got, I think. How do, how do you feel about political films, RJ? Do you even have a favorite? What's politics? Fair. Uh, no, you know what? Um, you know what political movie is great? You ever seen Osmosis Jones? I I think I started it once and was like, man, this is horrible. Uh, not that one then. Okay. I don't even know, man. Like, what even are political movies? Well, I mean, like, yeah, this is the thing. You got political thrillers. Uh, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that's what he's talking about. Like Argo? Is that what you mean? Political thrillers? That'd, like yeah, Argo? That, that'd be a political thriller. Uh, what? I mean, even like was... even like Manchurian Candidate would be that. I guess like All the President's Men. I mean, this played as a thriller, but it's based on a true story. Is it? So? Yeah. Is that how it sounds? Primary colors. What? Frost Nixon, the American president. Oh, interesting. 13 days. Oh, okay. You'll never believe how close we came. Ooh, how the close were The story of the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. The nuclear sure. standoff with the USSR sparked by the discovery of the Americans of missile bases established on the Soviet-allied island of Cuba. RJ, yeah. politics. Wow, I, I've never been so informed, ever. Face and I the, hope you don't fa- do that again. Facing the crowd is really great. You know what I'm going to say, Jared? And, and, there's a movie, and there's a movie next week that I think is pretty good, too. Next week? Yep. Is it uh, Lions and Lambs? No. Lions 4 Lambs? You know what my pick is? The Hal Ashby future creep being there. Yeah. How's that sound? That sounds good to me. That's my pick. That's your pick. It's my pick, baby, and I'm sticking to it. Man, I'm just looking at this person's political movies list. Oof. Yeah, there's not a lot of good lists on here. Oh, this is this one in particular. Yeah. This is this doesn't fit what I think the questions range is. Man, Wake the Dog. I haven't seen it forever. But I remember uh, being pretty good. What about The Last Emperor? Is that a political movie? Not really, right? Everything's political, RJ. Uh, what about JFK? You, you, you just got to read more Gorky. All I all I do is read Gorky. <laughs> How's Mother treating you? I mean, all I do is read Gorky. How's that sound? Yeah, I heard your question. I'm not. I refuse to answer it. Get uh, next email, uh-huh. Sam Sanchez. Two for one, Sam. Me, wow. Mealy's forever. Ah, see, he knows about it. Yeah, in, in quotes and sick. He wrote sick afterwards. Yeah, in, in but S I C in S-I-C. brackets. Yeah, nice. He's picking up stuff that uh, I thought it was being more subtle with uh, the way I was talking, but uh, Mealy's. He's seeing between the lines, buddy. Melees. Melees forever. Melees. Yeah. Hi again, guys. It was great Creeptober listening to the Ghoul Schools, and I think I had over 100 movies watched, but I did cheat and start about a week early, though. So actually, 
in actuality. <laughs> I Actually. think I think it was a little over eighty. Those zero shorts here for me. Oh, Sam. Well, so then he's got he's got some real numbers, some hard numbers. Well, I got a what did I wind up at? One hundred and five real numbers. Allegedly. Allegedly. Now mm-hmm. it's time for my noir vember which has even more enticing run times Ooh. than horror. Don't think I'll hit 80-plus this month, but I'm off to a decent start so far thanks to plenty of sub-80-minute movies. Yeah, I mean, that is a big uh, appeal, right? Like, that's what we were saying the Man. whole time? 80-minute run times. What a... Are you going to do it with them? No. <laughs> what if it's a I'm, Patreon I'm, goal? I'm, I'm a Jan Noir baby. Oh, and uh, who decided that? Me. Oh, okay. See, as long as you come up with a, a brilliant name to go along with your viewing habits, anything's justified. What about August? Just August. What would you watch there? Neo? Is there any directors that go by Augie? Is there any Augie Farks from Role Role Models? Do you remember him? Nope. Did you ever see Role Models? No. It's a good show. I like it. There's a character in that named Augie Farks. All right, guys, just another year till another respite from Criterion to the next school school, or technically yeah. till May for Fred Olin May, or whatever yeah. just Franco May pun can be made. Keep up this endless endeavor. Now time for the childhood of Maxim Gorky. Is that coming up soon? <laughs> no. But oh, but we okay. did. I, I believe uh, there was discussion that it would have to be watched. Yeah, RJ. but when is the appropriate month for that? Anytime. Be, it's it's now. Anytime? It's now. Well, you find a you find a copy that it's I can watch. It's on YouTube. I'll, you find a you, version of this that I can watch, and I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll send I don't it. have YouTube. You don't have YouTube. No, I don't have the internet, dude. Okay. Yeah. All right, one more, one more, RJ. From okay. Ac- Wait, I. What? Actium Jackson Maximus, simmer down Holy over there. Fuck, you're getting a little, Sorry, just you're a... getting a little unruly. Sorry. Whew. Okay, I'm good. What's up with Jackson? Under the radar. Hmm? Hey, creeps. Hope this makes it in on time, and hopefully you're all having a good week. We all know how dismal and dark the world may seem after the greatest month of the year is over. On second thought, the, the second greatest month, as I for almost forgot about May. It's great to hear that Jarrett took his first step into the depraved world of Hisayasu Sato. As far as recommendations on where to go next, wife collector and office lady rape. Disgrace are pretty excellent. I don't... I, I'm not in, in in on this conversation. Well, that's okay, RJ. And hey, why not let RJ try them out as well? RJ, you down? You, you want to check out office lady rape? Disgrace? Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you go for it. Okay, first. I'll 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 test the waters for you. Yeah, let me let me know about it later. Okay. In regards to last week's comments on my viewing, I'll always start a film with my undivided attention. But if it, mm-hmm. if, but if uh, it behind to show no promise whatsoever, I think you meant begin. If it begins to show no promise whatsoever, I might pull out my phone and, or just stare at the ceiling and wonder <laughs> what it's thinking about. It's hey man, that's how I watched Quiet On. I just looked at the ceiling for I think mm-hmm. fifty minutes of that movie. Just <laughs> uh... I was also curious as to whether or not you guys are aware of John Boy. 
He's a sports journalist who has made a few documentaries available on YouTube. As of now, his 200-minute-long The History of the Seattle Mariners is my favorite film of 2020, and I think you guys might enjoy his stuff as well. Despite my not caring about baseball whatsoever, I was left in awe. Keep up the great work. Uh, yeah, I do actually know about this John Boy. It's B-O-I-S. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, my buddy Corey watched... Uh, few of these sometime in the last year or so and i see he really liked them quite a lot too and i just had no idea how he was watching them i kind of figured maybe they're like hbo documentaries or something that like i just i'd have to go to my way to watch but knowing that they're on youtube that's a lot more appealing to me how about you rj you like sports uh sports yeah i think sports is pretty good this uh history of the mariner sounds cool but uh Holy shit. Have you seen the runtime on some of these bad boys? I have. He just literally said 200 minutes long, RJ. Well, this history. Yeah. Then there's another one. Um, What's the other one? Well, no, this this history of the Seattle Mariners is 1,300 minutes. Ooh. So what what would that come down to? Use your mental math. 13, 20, divided by 60. 22 hours. That seems six. It says it's six parts. Well, it's, someone got something wrong then. Yeah, someone someone's wrong here. Yeah, well, that's why. Well, that's why I looked. I said, "Holy uh, shit!" Well, someone else, some, someone else just referred to it as three and a half hours. Oh, I don't know. Three hours or three part. or three hours and forty minutes. What's what? Which one's accurate? You know what I mean. I don't know. Maybe it's like maybe there was like a full version of it, and maybe it was edited down. I don't know. Uh, I have no idea, but I do like the this one thing called the Bob Emergency. That yes. sounds really good. Yes, that's and they have fighting in the age of loneliness, which I do believe is all about that MMA. Ooh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah this interesting. guy. This sounds cool. I, I'll check it out. Cool. He sold you. Well, I mean, I, I say I'll check out a lot of stuff. Whether I do or not is different. Well, it doesn't have Cisco in it. Yeah, but I mean, what else would even have Cisco in it? Did that dude ever do anything else other than DS9? Avery Brooks? Yeah. Have you ever thought of looking it up instead no. of asking me? I don't look things up. Well, dude. let the mystery continue on. Hey, RJ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you been creeping on this week? Uh, I can tell you about some like scraps of Creeptober if you want, Jared. Oh, sure. Sounds you want to hear about good. some scraps? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, the, the remnants of of uh, Creeptober and Google School. There, there won't be too much. I'll actually talk about the so leavings. We, the leavings, and I'm not going to go in order either, but. Uh, um, so we watched Happy Death Day upon your recommendation. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but you recommended that. I uh, did, it, I, and I, I, yeah, I mean, you I, said I, it could be a potential. I, I, I said it felt like a '90s sweat picture. Yeah. It uh, it de- definitely has a similar vibe. Um, it was good. We both enjoyed it. Uh, at the end, I told Andrea that there was a sequel, and she went, "Yeah." Yeah, nah. I, have, I have like no interest in the sequel as well. <laughs> yeah, she is like, nah. She's like, I feel like that's def- 
like she's like that's too much and i was like all right sure yeah. did, did, so, did you feel overstated its welcome by the end like it was like almost like uh, oh it was like one beat too many we were like oh yeah i, I don't need to see them get together yeah well and i think the uh the groundhog day like literal mentions at the end it was a little mm-hmm. bit like it's like who is that for like <laughs> honestly but for it does the, um the, for the worst people on twitter Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, uh, no, yeah, there. It definitely. There's a few times in the circuit where it's repeating. There's a few times where you're like, "Oh my god!" You're kind of like, "Just wrap it up, knock it off, guys. Wrap it up here." Uh, but it is good. Uh, we did enjoy it. It um, and it's like only like ninety minutes or so, so mm-hmm. nothing. Nothing too crazy there. Uh, I watched another Jarrett pick, uh, The Great Satan uh, from Everything is Terrible. Mm-hmm. That movie is like, uh, like I mean, it's it's impressive for a lot of different uh, reasons. Like just the sheer mass amount of editing that went into that thing is pretty impressive. Uh, so it's, it's something I think more people should uh, watch. I, I only... I haven't really heard of it outside of you talk about it, but uh... well, yeah, like everything is terrible. Has been around for a long time, mm-hmm. and like I don't know, I don't know the circumstances around how they what they exist as. Like yep. I, they've just had like videos forever, and it's like everything's mm-hmm. terrible. And they the, the the footage they find sometimes you're like it's like amazing fodder for uh, gifs and stuff like that. But and they start, they started making like they've made a few of these documentaries now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one, of course, you know, Great Satan. I mean, that's up our alley. But yeah, and 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 this thing's on YouTube, you, so you don't even have to just like order it directly from their website or whatever. Yep, so. that's where I watched it. Oh. And uh, no, yeah, it, um, there was a few scenes from movies I actually watched this month. So I was like, that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Pretty neat. The only thing is, uh, there was at a certain point where I almost honestly felt like I was getting motion sickness a little bit just <laughs> watching this thing yeah. because I was like. I was like, it's just too much. It's like sensory overload at one point. I was like, oh, my God. So I kind of – I just kind of – I did the ceiling approach. I just kind of looked up for a while. I was like – t- took, took a couple deep breaths because uh, it comes at you pretty fast, man. It, it is an assault. It, uh, yeah, you want to hear about an assault? You ever heard of erotica? <laughs> I have. And and I, I, I laugh that you watched it because I'm like, RJ – Mm-hmm. It's like I don't think people are joking around when they talk about how fucking bad this is. Uh, well, so like it's bad, mm-hmm. um, but it's not like so. I know a lot of people <laughs> compare it to Room or the yeah, Room, wow, of course, of course and it's like do. I don't think that's actually really. It's not. It's not like that. It's not the same level. This movie is like, it's just weird, man. Like, and I know it's based on some kind of comic book. Yeah, whatever. It's like yeah, yeah. Danzig did comics in like the late nineties, two thousands, and mm-hmm. it's just like I don't know. Uh, what do you, you call them? Outlaw comics. These are sure, and that's what it is. It's like so you get like uh, the the mentioned many times eyeball titties. Yeah, there's some eyeball tits. Uh, the spider. I found the spider guy in the eyeball tit thing I, th- I found him more upsetting than uh the the eyeballs on the breasts mm-hmm. to be honest that guy's he's like he, he like he's talking with a french accent oh, but he is speaking in english oh we oui, oh man Paris. 
and he's just like, I will uh, rape a you. <laughs> and like that, that's, that's like all it is for like 35 minutes is him walking around going, Oh, he gonna get ya. <laughs> oh, I see. You're, all, you're, you laugh, but if you ever watch this thing, you're going to, you're going to be like, Holy shit. He was right. He wasn't overselling this. It's 40 minutes of R- RJ does not exaggerate. I do not, not right now. I'm not, okay. that's, that's what he's doing. And he's like, he's doing some, uh, omen four stuff where he's like talking to prostitutes and they're like what are you into and he's like oh only the hard stuff and like you're like oh gross and then you get a lot of scenes of him like mentally raping people and you're like cool okay uh so that like a star trek episode sure it is kind of like that star trek episode except this guy's a spider and he's french so that's the only main difference Not, not bad um that story is real dumb. Um, the middle story is like the most, the most watchable, I guess. Um, it does have some pretty questionable acting in it, but I mean, whatever. Uh, it's about like a, a stripper lady who is killing other ladies and like, uh, cutting their faces off to wear them and stuff like that. It's not great either, but it's definitely the most like, eh, you're like, okay, this is fine, whatever. And then the third story is about, uh, She's about like a queen. Like I don't know what your history is probably better. Which queen likes to bathe in blood? Oh, a couple uh, of them. It's not a queen, um, but you're talking about like uh, Bathory, Bathory, Bathory. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's all about like a lady who just likes to bathe in uh, virgin blood because yeah. she um, that's her thing. But like even that, that one's like it's like 20 minutes long, and it's just like extended scenes of her in tubs. She, she, uh, Elizabeth Bathory was a hungarian countess mm, exactly i uh, i knew all about hungarians you can ask uh, jp suska he knows about that too rj this, um, is your, this is your own history well i mean i didn't i, I uh they never stated it specifically mm-hmm. uh you a glenn danzig fan rj no yeah you, you how do you you don't you don't fuck with the misfits not really sam, i don't like sam hayne is that punk music jared yeah, it's like horror punk. Like Misfits is like me. Fuck, Misfits is like its own thing. pop. Yeah, pretty much. And then Sam Hain. Yeah, it's like no. I, I like the idea of this stuff more so than the uh, act of listening to and like listening to this stuff. But hey, I don't know. It's not for me. But I'm sure people out it's there fine. do do like Danzig. I think people like the idea of Dan of Danzig more than anything he actually does. Because he's kind of a he's kind of a character. Mm-hmm. You know another character who says stuff like that. You know how I always hit you with the you like the idea of Coke more than you actually like Coke. Mm-hmm. That was uh, Augie Farks from that movie I was talking about earlier. Wow, Romans. comes full circle. It's all full circle. You should watch that. You, I couldn't, think you couldn't script this show. <laughs> uh, no, I I I know Misfits and stuff like that. I've never really gotten into any of their music. It's just like not for me. Same mm-hmm. same as what you're saying, but uh, also not for me. Verotica. I uh, I'm learning. <laughs> Andrea came down and she was like, "Why are you watching porno?" And I was uh, like, uh, "I was like, uh, it's not." And she's like, "It clearly is." And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I I, I was like, I got nothing, man." I was like, "I'm just watching it. I don't know what to tell you." Mm-hmm. Um, she did watch like ten minutes of it with me, and then she's like, "This sucks." And I was like, "I know." I was like, "I didn't think you were gonna come down here to watch with me. That's why I put this on." Mm-hmm. So that then we watched uh, Happy Death Day after that, but right. uh, uh, and then I, I just got two quick ones. I watched the Adams Family yeah. reboot. 
or not re well the yeah. animated one which i think you may be vaguely interested in because you're mm. you're kind of an adams family guy no i like the idea of the abs family <laughs> interesting <laughs> uh interesting um so this is it's your run of the mill kids show it's yeah. it's definitely more kid uh focused than it is like you know some man like say paranorman or like monster house i i like those ones a little or I, I i like both of those movies quite a bit actually and the style that of those ones where it's it's not too like kid-ish this one is more just like a full kind of kids movie so i'm not gonna knock it for that because it's like well, i'm not five so it's not really meant for me but we watched it and we're like whatever there was a, one or two jokes in there that were like that's not bad that's pretty good but uh yeah that's that's all i got for you jerry and if you're ever entertaining like some kids you could throw this on okay yeah and then uh, i watched a movie that you also watched called antrum yes antrum antrum uh so i don't uh do you want to talk about antrum uh before me or i don't know you could take it away rj so i i can't remember where this kind of popped up like i think uh i think one of the guys who made it followed us on twitter or something like that and i saw that they made a movie and i was like hmm, antrum i'll hmm. check it out sure why not so uh, I don't know if they actually listen to the podcast or not, which is probably better. But uh, so I, watched, <laughs> um, I think I think your opinion of this movie was like a little bit worse uh, or a little harsher than mine. I actually I thought Antrim was I thought it was fine. Uh, like I thought the the opening I was like, this is OK. It's like I don't mind the setup here. And then I did think some of the stuff with uh, the two siblings like digging. I was like, this isn't bad either. Uh, but then when it does get into, uh, I found like the world kind of confusing. Whereas like there were these people, like, were they marauders? Like what was going on? Like, do they live in a wasteland here? Cause that's like what it was kind of like, I was like, how, how do these like groups of people overlap? Like I, I just, I was kind of confused near the end of it. And I was like, I don't really know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> like so, I understand what's happening, but I was like, I don't understand the context of well, this world. Okay. Well, we have to, you're kind of missing an a pretty important element of this packaging which one of antrum that it's the it's, that it's from the 70s yes well yeah. yeah so the whole thing is like it's a fake movie yeah but it's all but it's also positioned as like this is like a documentary about yeah. a fake film and so they have a bunch of uh, unconvincing actors uh-huh. explain how oh there's this film antrum and it, when people watch it it causes them to to riot <laughs> And it's like I I see, and then so you kind of hope for some feeling of like because now you're now you set yourself up, okay guys, we're going to show you a film from like, like the 1970s that doesn't have like any identification of when it was made or how it was made, uh, but it's like a Hungarian print, so it's got some like Russian looking characters, and it's like it's going to be like very like it's it's going for convincing, but then you watch it in a set in a second, you go, this was not shot on film. Yeah. Yes, this yeah, is this no is very this is very clearly not shot on thirty five millimeter film. Uh this much is, as it wants to be. As long as it wants to be. They kind of get the look of the girl and the br- little brother right. They're the car <laughs> and then they're going out. Yeah. So anyway, so this there's this idea this there's this docu this film that came out that causes people who watch it to go crazy and then it's been like hidden for all these years, but now they're just gonna show it to you on Tubi. Can you imagine can you imagine that? 
Isn't that what Tubi is all about, man? Yeah, it's about playing movies that right. Because there's the other film that came out like a year before this called Fury of the Demon, which is about the exact same idea. The, Who made that movie? Uh, some French guys. And okay. that, though, makes a different type of decision when they're doing it, where it is actually presented like a legitimate documentary that you would see on TV, and they never mm. show you the lost film by Georges Millet. <laughs> Um, oh. and, uh, yeah, that's, but you never see it. You never, there's no frames. There's no footage of it that exists. And it's just, everyone says like, every time it, people watched it, they would riot. And, but it's all in French and they have like, you know, they have, you know, uh, what's his name? Guy direct, uh, Alexander Aja. He's in it. Oh, yeah. No, I was invited to the screening in 2012. And, uh, cause apparently there was a screening of this fictional film in 2012 and people went crazy at it too. Sure. So yeah, whatever. It, but it's presented like it feels like a French don't Discovery Channel documentary. I gotcha. Um I gotcha. Antrim goes the other route of like, hey, we're gonna present this like documentary at the beginning and then we're gonna play the film. Mm-hmm. And which I didn't mind. And then it wraps up at the end. But like yeah. here's some this is subliminal messaging. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this movie like oh it is it is some real Ty West stuff right here. Yeah. And I don't like Ty West, Jared. It you is know this. I mean like why didn't you why don't you just make a fucking move like a period piece movie? Like it's a horror thing. You just yeah. do that. You don't have to like oh this is why it's it's off and cheap. We want to de-age the film <laughs> artificially yeah. and have marauders. <laughs> is that how you saw those guys too? Was like marauders? I like... think well I think they're like Satanists that happen to live out there. Uh, okay. And that, just, is, that, I, that, one, that one guy's got quite the body on him, too. In his underpants. Really? Oh, yeah. In his underpants, did yeah. you say? Yeah. I'm going to get that on a t-shirt. In his boots. His little boots. In his underpants. I mean, it just like, oh, it's always so felt like, oh, so on the nose, everything. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're, that's, it's like your opinion, man. Just I'm not like, like standing up for this or anything no. like that. I I thought it was okay, yeah. but at, at the same time, I was kind of like, it's like I said with the Marauders. I was like, I'm just confused by the context of the uh, the world here. Like, I know it's not like real. And there's like, like the, the Japanese guy shows up. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was just like, who are these people? Where like, I need a little more. What? I need a. Oh, I, I need a little more. Okay, all right. I, I hear you. I heard you. I heard yep. you. No more. So, anyways, that was uh, it for me. What about you? Did you watch any movies? Well, I watched like a bunch. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna hit on some highlights though. Oh, there, okay. There's a little bit of a rewatching. I rewatched Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Ugh. Yeah. You're, you're... I've never seen it. I just I think it sounds gross and looks gross. Yeah, I don't know if you'd like this movie very much. Okay. Can uh, but you you're a big fan. Mm, not a big I'm not a big fan it's an interesting yeah. movie I think it's a little taxing when I watched this movie you know 15 20 years ago I thought it was the bee's knees but sure. now watching it I'm kind of like ah yeah this could be better done in fact I think I like the sequel a little bit more even though I don't think it's as well shot hmm. based on my old notes but that seems to be a minority view of liking uh, the second one better the hmm. whatever it is body hammer <laughs> I, I didn't even know there was a sequel. There's but, uh, three of them, as a matter of fact. Oh, 
And for some reason, yeah. the, and for some reason, the third movie is not included in the Arrow box set of uh, Shinya Sukamoto's movies. Just to fuck with you, or what? I don't. I, I don't think they could get the rights because I think it's uh-uh. Bullet Man. I think is the third one. Yes, yeah. Body Hammer is the second one. There's mm. some pretty wicked effects, though. I know. I've seen pictures of it, but it's uh, it just looks gross to me. Did you know that there's a Joe Bob of Tetsuo? That that sounds possible. You could have watched it. It's on Shutter. Is it on Shutter? Well, fuck. I don't know. It used to be. Yeah. See. This, what so we, I'm not gonna walk, but uh, what, yeah, a, you're what, right. what a world we live in. The uh, one like probable winner. Well, well actually, uh-huh. I, I got to watch a couple like the best movies of the month at the very last two days. So really? they won't even show up in Ghoul School. Mother Joan of the Angels, which mm-hmm. is needs is, is a movie that desperately needs to get a better release from anybody. Arrow, Criterion, Severance. Somebody needs to restore this because the version of this I got is a. I think it's Facet DVD. The subtitles leave a lot to be desired. Very, you, you have to really do a little bit of your own interpretation of what the sentences are supposed to mean, which is, we, we can adapt. We can get around this. How's the uh, quality of this thing? The Like the picture quality DVD? Yeah. Poor. It is poor. Mm. So this is uh, another jersey. Uh, those Polish love their Jersey guys making their doc, making their uh, movies. Jersey Cowell Raus, you know, you know, you, you know him. Oh, he's one of the uh, best dudes I ever saw. So, so this is another uh, possession of Ludlow story. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so it's like it goes into the territory of the devils. Is it, is it as good as the devils? No, but is this movie gorgeous and really uh, atmospheric and all about possessed? nuns and mm-hmm. catholics and guilt probably oh, if you baby. care about that stuff oh yeah rj it sure is well i'm on the page right now and uh in the first line high-ranking catholic official trying to exercise the nun oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah this one sounds pretty good so where did uh do you have a? I have the dvd oh well perfect yeah i'll uh i'll take it next year sounds how's good. that sound yeah i thought this was good um uh, i mean is it a touch slow? Is it very 1961 European? A little bit, but oh, some of the the cinematography, fantastic. It's not like, it doesn't have that fully lived in sense of space in those like, in the monastery that you'd maybe hope for, but maybe monasteries were just kept really clean. I don't know. It's a bit, it's very, um, more on the art house style, RJ, but very nice. Art isn't real. It's not. Uh, I checked out a film called Mosquito the Rapist. The less said, the better. Let's just let's just throw that one out there. Yeah, uh, I I don't even want to hear about it. Yeah, it's it's got some like I guess necrophilia a little bit. Oh, and also, oh yeah, sure. fuck. This movie's got like some real grubby stuff, even by my standards, RJ. Stuff and yet wh- you gave it a two and a half star for for its tone, for its attempt. It it, it feels like movies that I like, but this one, yeah, a little a little grubsy. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have a pass on that okay. one. How's that? Sound? I'll, I'll, yeah, AKA Bloodlust available from Mondo Macabro, RJ. Just in case, mm. uh, maybe I'll slip it into your care package. You'll accidentally watch it. Well, I I can't even remember stuff I've added to my list like a week ago. So if you did, I, I hope someone tells me. Someone remind me no. next September don't, not to don't watch do it. Mosquito. Don't do it. Don't do it. Somebody don't help, do it, don't, please. Don't help him. Uh, I I checked out the Velvet Vampire. 
on oh, the Criterion cool. channel. No. <laughs> oh, it's not cool? It's like a way worse version of a Jean Roland movie out in the desert, and uh, nothing of consequence happens. Absolutely nothing. Maybe that's the point. Maybe. Maybe it was the point. It is. It feels 70s as fuck, but man, in the worst ways, because you're just like, at the end of the day, it's like, I can, actually, at the beginning of it, I was like kind of on board with it, and then yeah. it just loses me completely and you're just like okay is this almost done now and i can definitely see why this movie has like really fairly low ratings despite having a pretty cool title but and you're such a big 70s guy and it's the one movie that uh what's her name it's lady director so i'm not even pulling in rj here penelope spheris no stephanie rothman i believe she has an an award named after her because she was uh an early exploitation person working for core man Oh yeah, how did you not know that? Do oh, you, I, what do you what do you hate women? No, I I know all about it. Oh yeah, I knew all about that too. Like yeah. I know, I know a lot of things about female directors. Mm-hmm. You love them. Yep, can't get enough. I checked out this DVD from Troma, RJ. Where did you get a Troma movie, and why didn't you watch it last year? Because I just found out this movie existed a month ago. Okay, it's called The Nobodies. Okay. So this is interesting because it kind of works exactly the same as Antrim does. Where it really? it has kind of but it's actually presents itself as a as a documentary mm-hmm. about a uh director and his girlfriend who made a shot on video film mm-hmm. and they made it and no one liked it and they're like life just happened and this guy eventually kills himself doesn't make any more films this film's considered lost and someone comes along and they make this documentary about him mm-hmm. so so they take the documentary format and they intersperse it with footage of the film called pumpkin pumpkin um, head just pumpkin not pumpkin head not pumpkin head no Lance, no, no Lance Hendrickson in this one. There's, well, there was no, there was no Bigfoot. So I mean, Lance Hendrickson is like pass. Nowhere to be seen. Yeah, interesting. Pumpkinhead's kind of a Bigfoot, eh? Depend. Wow. No. <laughs> he's he's like he's like a he's he's, he's he's like a pie whacket. Oh God. Okay. Well, you can tell me about pie whacket after yeah. you've uh, finished talking about um, the nobody. So, so the nobodies. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. This film, you. <laughs> I don't think this is for you, RJ. This okay. is so the this filmmaker, like this shot on video character. Uh, it's all fiction, but it is. I think it's far more overall convincing, I guess, than the Antrim days. Even though it's not, it gets clearly fictional, and mm-hmm. you can tell that they're trying to pull a fast one a little bit, but. It doesn't quite, it, but not really, because this is not doesn't feel at all like a shot on video film. This feels like someone that was heavily influenced RJ by one of my favorite boys of all, Giuseppe Andrews. Remember, remember me talking about Giuseppe makes Giuseppe, a movie. I do, I do from uh, that guy. Yeah, that I discovered via doing Trome, and mm-hmm. then I saw there's a documentary about this guy, and then uh, I named it as one of my favorite documentaries. And Adam Rifkin himself was like, "Thanks, buddy." Huh. Who's Adam Rifkin? Uh screenwriter of Small Soldiers, director Holy of shit. The Dark Backwards. That's right, RJ. Do you think he listens to the podcast though? Doubtful. <laughs> Man, 
That sucks. I, I hope. I wish he would, because he could hear how much I like small soldiers. Yeah. Let him know on Twitter. He. I don't know if he has a lot going on these days, but he's on Twitter a lot and retweets people a lot. All right. I'll, uh, can you? Do you know which episode I talked about small soldiers of the podcast? <laughs> no idea. Someone find out and tell us next week. No. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, nobody's as interesting. I've seen some uh, some of the, the letterboxed mm. community. They love this. Probably over like it, but no one seems to have watched this. And it's not available on any streaming platform. I think you have to like be on the Troma streaming platform, which mm. is, isn't real. Uh, the DVD is yeah. out of stock everywhere. But I did manage to actually find a copy of it brand new. And it showed up on Friday. Like, and I was like, I was not expecting it. I thought I'd be watching it next year, but it came, it arrived in my hands along with the McPherson tape, RJ. And, uh, based on your no rating sound seems like a good one, huh? Well, these are like the only two movies you didn't rate for like a big streak. So well, I, I don't know exactly how I would rate the nobodies. And McPherson okay. tape, I feel is also unrateable because do you, are you familiar with the McPherson tape? It's on a list uh, of mine, uh, my yes. most popular list. Yes, about aliens. Yeah. So the McPherson tape is a found footage film that mm-hmm. is done like full tilt. It is shot essentially in real time of Ooh. a uh, family. It's like the niece's birthday, and it's like yeah. at the cabin. They're talking about having a video camera and addressing it, and then... There's a sound off in the woods, off over on the hill, in this little, like, you know, by the cabin. And they go investigate, and they see something, some lights. And then they see a little men wearing Steve Jobs turtlenecks with round gray heads and black eyes. And they're, they're like, they're okay. walking, they're walking out of the ship. It's all on the camcorder. They're like, holy shit, what's that? Holy shit, I think, what are those? And then they're, oh shit, they see us. And they run. And then they somehow, like, Go well, you know. Let's continue <laughs> celebrating the birthday. Those things didn't see us where we went. <laughs> the power's still out, and then and then, that's the, fine. and then they hear things on the roof, and it's all done in real time. And it's like exactly what it needs to be. Uh, so this film got released in 1989, and then it, like super small release. The VHS tape started floating around. UFO people, RJ found out mm-hmm. about this tape and we're like this is the most co- compelling evidence of the existence of aliens i've ever oh, they seen thought it was real yes because oh. someone cropped out the credits and uh they're like this is clearly real and then another a, a lieutenant commander this is like on this uh, special features like from because it's like a clip from like a news story on like fox like on the fox channel about this and uh some like lieutenant commander oh this is this is very clearly suggestive of alien evidence and then they're like then we found the director and he says yeah i was just trying to do like a you know war of the worlds hoax type of thing that was the whole idea and it's like Mm -hmm. as well done as you could expect really with no money and just some friends maybe a couple beers you know a couple cold ones with the boys out in the park and uh so I don't know how to rate this because, like, mm-hmm. is it the most enjoyable thing? No, but it's an interesting idea. And uh, so you say that this is in your possession as well. Yes, I, I uh, have the Blu-ray that was just recently put out by the American Genre Film Archive. So uh, 
this just came, arrived at the same time as the nobodies. Yes, or it was okay. It showed up in the For, exact same parcel. I thought uh, I thought you said it was packaged together. Oh, and I was going to be oh, like, sorry. what do these things have to do with each other? Not, not, I ordered them. That's the difference. Oh, yeah. It sounds like it's up my alley. Yeah. No, I, I think it's uh, worth the watch, and I think I think the nobodies. I don't know if I would lend it to anyone I personally know. <laughs> it's definitely a movie for me and maybe the letterboxed abroad people. But it seems well, like nobody wants to actually pay for this. So, But it's like dirt was... cheap. And it's like it really tells you the how great trauma is for distributing your movie. <laughs> like, like this thing comes and no one hears about it. And I've seen like <laughs> uh, one of the actors of the director of this. He like was on Letterbox messaging people who were like favorable to it and saying, "Hey, yeah, thanks, guys," <laughs> stuff like that. It's like, aw, for uh, McPherson or for nobodies? For the nobodies. Where's your review, man? Maybe he would uh, comment on it. I, I don't. I don't go for that kind of attention, RJ. Maybe you should. I rewatched The Invisible Man. Oh yeah, that's a all-time banger. What'd you think? It's pretty good. Those effects pretty are pretty good. good. I love how crabby he is. That invisible man. Very miserable. Think, oh, he's so miserable. I love it. It's no. good stuff. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good. I I think mm-hmm. I, I I think when I last watched it, which was the first time I'd ever seen it, I gave it like a three and a half because it's not really a horror movie. No, it's just about this petty guy who's like, yeah. fuck all you people. Well, he goes crazier and crazier because yeah. of the, the serum and then uh yeah, but the effects are cool. There, some of it's pretty just funny though. It's, mm. but I'm like I can't remember. I, I was going to rewatch Frankenstein, but it didn't happen because when I first watched that movie, that movie like knocked my socks off. Like it's I think for like 1931, so ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, Frankenstein rules, man. Yeah, but I think I think that's still my favorite Universal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, like, I like them both. Yeah, Devil's Kiss. Nothing much to say. Uh, yeah. I'll leave this one. I'll leave this one to last. Uh, Pie whack it. Ooh, this was so. This is my Canadian Canadian horror to wrap up the last. This is Halloween now, mm-hmm. and uh, this is on CBC Gem that you've talked about. I thought so glowingly, RJ. No, 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 no. If you go back to our ghost okay. school, I thought it was. I, I, I Tubi. I I was yeah. Positive t- yeah, I know. I know you like Tubi, and I, but, you, but you've talked about because you, you would often say, and you know that I think is also on CBC Gem. I thought you were talking. There was some other platform you said the ads were really bad. What was that though? It was CBC Gem. Okay, I thought it was yeah. on, on one of the other ones, but yeah, holy shit! Like, so I have no idea how much CBC Gem completely derailed being able to enjoy Piwacket at all because mm-hmm. holy crap I felt like at least every 10 minutes at least every 10 minutes you get three commercials the exact same ones over and over and over again and so you're watching this like low-key slow burn horror movie and every like 10 minutes you're just like completely taken out of it and then it's like this is getting real old real fast and because like the thing I was, I'm trying to think of though was you were saying that the first 20 minutes are fine and then it gets intense. It, for, so when we watch, oh, not not a pie wacket of CBC Gem. Yeah. So like when uh, when we watched Flatliners, there was 20 minutes. There wasn't a single oh, ad. CTV. And then it, I think it was CTV CTV. that you were saying. Yeah, CTV. You said was really bad. And then probably both really bad. I parent. No, they are like, I, yeah. I will like CBC gem is garbage. And it's like, yeah. well, if you're a premium member in Proust, it's like, nah, make mine to be. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause and that's, that's the thing, right? The Tubi ones, they're 
they're pretty spaced out and they're none of them are overly long either it's like a minute at most for the tubey ones but but yeah like ctv or whatever it was uh some of those ads were like fucking like four or five minutes long and you're just like holy shit and it's the same ones over and mm-hmm. over and over again pie whack it used to be on crave maybe not anymore it is it? on cbc gem and so yeah pie whack it I, I can't remember if you've talked about it on the podcast i think you did maybe because it sounds good it sounds like it should be a winner it sounds like it's got a good concept you know young girl really angry at her mom and she goes and casts a spell summoning a, a demon to kill her <laughs> and then she regrets it immediately um but pie Wacket's coming pie Wacket? And, then, and you see like a little bit of pie Wacket. But it's like one of those things that's like it's almost so frustrating because now it's always like we want to leave it to the imagination of the viewer, and you're like, no, fuck you, it's just like fucking do it up, like hit hit hey, us hit us with pie whack it. Show me the pie whack it. Yeah, but I, it. so I fucking hate that. And so yeah, by the end of this movie though, it's just kind of like whatever <laughs> that, yeah. which is like the worst feeling to walk away with a lot from a movie is like kind of like oh, because it started off good. I thought like I'm like mm-hmm. Ooh, this is pretty nice, and then it's well made. I think it's just like the story just doesn't really go anywhere. It sounds like my review. I said pretty standard fare, and yep. then I describe it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Talk about Ty West and Bagul for a while, and then <laughs> I said it looks good. Acting is fine, just not much new to offer. But then I said stellar fire unit though. Oh yeah, full body burn. Full body burn? That's what it is. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. Like, uh, I think uh, this what is you the, just said. Because were... this is the follow-up uh, film by the director of Backcountry, uh, okay. which has got uh, some uh, very realistic bear mauling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, maybe I'll watch that next year. Is yeah. that a Canadian film as it well is. or not? It is. All right. Nope. Uh, my, so my three rewatches. Basket Case. I hadn't seen that in over 10 years. Yeah. Goofy show. Uh, watching yep. the Arrow Blu-ray that looks amazing. Uh, really lets it, lets me see things that I didn't see before, and kind of mm. illustrates how like off kilter it is, and that it kind of leans toward that horror comedy more than I remembered. But mm-hmm. definitely an upgrade from my old something weird DVD. Uh, Legend of Hell House was a rewatch. I mm-hmm. uh, hadn't seen that for like s- several years. I still dig that a lot. It's, it's good one, stuff. One, one, of the, one of the great haunted house movies. Mm-hmm. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Did you watch it on the Criterion channel, I Jared? I did. You did? I did. Oh, I thought you would have watched uh, one of your many Blu-rays. It was just pulled up the Criterion channel, and there it was. Hmm. Interesting. And it's like, that's one way of doing it right there. Convenient. And very convenient. Hit, yeah. get, get those views, you know. you got to help the Criterion channel, but let them know. I want to watch horror. Get, give me more horror. I saw they did add a, like, when they switched over to November, they showed all the movies going on, and there was actually a good bit of horror movies going on to it for November. I can't remember what they all were, but there was there was a handful of horror in there. Like, Hellraiser is in there, yeah. which I was like, that's cool. That should be a Criterion. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, Texas Chainsaw, as powerful as ever, I think. Oh, yeah. But the, so, so the best first time view maybe of the entire month, last day it came at me and I've been delaying it and delaying it because it was like an hour and 50 minutes. And I was like, oh, fuck, when am I supposed to squeeze this in? And that's Larry Fessenden's Depraved, RJ. Mm. It is it is uh, Larry Fessenden returning to the Frankenstein story, but telling it from 
the monster's perspective? Wow. I know you're a big fan of movies from the monster's perspective. And you mm-hmm. and you enjoyed this movie, you're saying? Uh, yeah, this movie's like fucking good. <laughs> like huh. I I don't know. I uh I was I was pretty impressed. It's not huh. is, it, is it perfect? No. But man, I like yeah, I didn't really know what to expect cuz like I said, Larry Fessenden for me is kind of runs hot and cold. His mm-hmm. first two movies uh, no telling and habit, fantastic, absolutely like movies that have stuck with me since the the first time I ever watched them. God, when was that? Again, like 2012, 2000, 2013, very beginning of the year. I watched No Telling, followed that by Habit, and that's a, and at the time I had never heard of Larry Fessenden. He doesn't get talked about a lot. And then after watching those mm-hmm. two, Habit and No Telling, I was like, man, I got to watch the rest of these. And it was quite a disappointment going from that to Wendigo and Last Winter. Even though I've seen a lot of people say they love Wendigo, like a whole bunch. Watched Beneath earlier in the month mm-hmm. and thought that was like a fun time and uh, grimmer than I expected it to be. Not, again, but the screenplay was okay, but not a bad mm-hmm. movie. So I was like, well, Dupre's new and uh, it's about Frankenstein's RJ. <laughs> I I do like me a good Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the movie starts off kind of, I don't know. Like you don't, you don't really know where it's going to go. And then it takes a dark turn and then you, then it completely shifts gears and it just kind of plays out. Kind of reminds me of Ex Machina in a, in a very nice way. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like my pitch. It's like it's modern day. Mm-hmm. New York, because it's Larry Fessenden. And uh, how do you feel about the fine actor of Joshua Leonard, RJ? Can you uh, can you name him another title he's been in? Uh, well, he is Josh from the Blair Witch Project. It's probably his most famous oh, wow. role that you would never recognize him. But he was also uh, probably his most recent highlight film, though, in the film Unsane. Oh, yeah. I never watched that. Okay. So he plays a pretty great serial killer in that or like Hmm. obsessed bad person um, because he's very unassuming. He is because he's trying to also do the Jesse Lemons thing, RJ. Do you know what that Jesse Lemons thing is? I know Jesse Plemons. Plemons, sorry, not Plemons. Yeah, Lemons. Oh, okay. Plemons. I was going to say, I don't know about this Jesse Lemons Le- guy. It sounds interesting. Pl- Plemons. Is his thing that he isn't Philip Seymour Hoffman? Correct. Oh, okay. And this guy's also doing that? Correct. How many not Philip Seymour Hoffmans <laughs> well, do we have? We, we, got, we got two now. Mm. We got Plemons. We got two more than we need. We got Josh Leonard. Uh, I don't know who's better. Uh, probably. <laughs> Clemens is better uh, as an actor for sure but uh, Josh Leonard he's he's hamming it up in this movie (laughs) holy but that's okay I like ham yeah I know who doesn't some mustard on that so but hey is he the Frankenstein in this no 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 oh okay no he's just in it he's in it in in it to win it and do you have this on blu-ray as well not yet hmm I will be I will be adding it to the collection though cuz uh, I really liked it. You'll be you'll, you'll be at the end of the movie crying, "Run Frankenstein, run." I think every time I have seen a Frankenstein movie, I'm always crying. Mhm. Run Frankenstein, run. Exactly. Well, I'm glad you got some movies you liked. <sighs> mhm. Well, hey, I mean, are you going to are we going to do this? Or are we going to give people 
what they want. What are what do the people want? Uh, it's November, and there's no more horror movies to watch. So I think it's a little matter of a return to a certain space station over the planet of Bajor. Um. Well, okay, I gotta pull it. I gotta pull it up here. Uh, so if you, I only have three potential episodes to talk about, Jared. Okay. Because uh, I've been a busy boy, mm-hmm. and uh, I will continue to be a busy boy for the next little while. So uh, I might slow down, but uh, I guess you know we can hit some three. And this is the point where um, Oliver Granger can jump uh, like fifteen minutes ahead, so he doesn't have to listen to uh, spoilers, right, Jared? Okay. So where did we leave off in Deep Space Nine? My last, my last review was two point two six, and I had Cisco and Quark go camping. Three right. out of four stars. The Gem Hadar. The Gem Hadar. Uh, so that was a, a good episode, and you you discussed your feelings on that I as did. well. I got my I got my notes here, RJ. Wow, wow. Okay, so do you wanna you wanna just kick into it? Yeah, you you, you lead the way. Okay, one point oh one. Uh, or not one, three point. Oh, three. Technically, three point oh one and oh two, because this is a yeah. two part story. I have I have two different uh, two different things for each though. Okay. So three point oh one, pre Mord Odo, three out of four stars. Do you see what I did there, Jared? Mm-hmm. It's like primordial, but it's Odo. Right. Do you see? Oh yeah. <laughs> what uh, What are your notes on this bad boy? Um. Well, this is a yes episode mm-hmm. that you def- definitely need to watch this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went, oh, hey, the Defiant. And uh, in quotes, I wrote, give them what they want, death and war. Because this, this is kind of the beginning of the shift of okay. of Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. This is where it, it starts turning into the show that it becomes famous for. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, following the Dominion and the Founders and the Defiant, is that? A... Yep, it's about okay. it's about fucking blowing shit up and getting into that. Like what Battlestar Galactica kind of continues on, you know, ten years later. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so three point oh one is good. It's like it's just a continuation of now that they have these Dominion people there, and then you're introduced to like the Founders, who are like kind of the elf. Well. You think like the elf-ish people, and uh, Odo is um. So Cisco takes a ship out with some Romulan stealth technology, Jarrett, which I was like, mm-hmm. yep. I was like, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> they get fucked up real good, mm-hmm. real good. And then uh, Odo just bails with Kira, and he's like, you know what? I got a real strong attraction to this planet. Let's go check it out. And that's where you see that primordial ooze, man. And it's uh, the, the planet the, the, of the Odos. Yeah, the sea. The sea the, of ooze. Yeah. Sea of ooze. I could, see, I could not remember when we see that at all. Yeah. But I remember when I saw that for the very first time as a kid, I thought it was, like, so cool. Because that's, yeah. that's how the episode ends, right? Yeah. Yeah. They all, like, four or five of them come out of the ooze, and then they, like, they have this similar shape as Odo. Yeah. And they're just like, hello, Odo. And then they, and they the music sting. Uh, I've made a note here: Starfleet security, worst job there is. Yeah, well, there. I'm not going to lie to you, Jared. A few people die in this episode. Mm-hmm. A few I, people I, die. I also follow that up with because we're on TV. That's why they're the worst. Because if security does their job, then you get boring TV. 
That's true. There's no conflict here. Exactly. So if security no were like, if they were presented well, I mean, mm. it's all over with. It's all over with. So that's, that is a good read on that, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, 3.02. Oh, so here's my, uh, or do you have more? Yeah, it kind of, my, I didn't break mine down. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure where these things line up, but I wrote Cisco moving his stuff from Earth to the station. Nice touch. Oh, yeah. Because the station is home now for them. Yep. And we also get, uh, so it's been two months at least since the last episode, timeline wise. Uh, yeah. You, you have like, you got a bit of a, uh, like Time a jump? bit of a jump. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're like making negotiations with the people from the Gamma Quadrant. Okay. Uh, I've got some here. I got some more actually. It looks like Odo's ongoing problems with Starfleet Federation protocol. His autonomy mm-hmm. in place always threatened, RJ. Almost longs for some of Kardashian Kardashian's laws. <laughs> well, I mean that's the complicated oh, and, thing about him. And I also mentioned, oh, he has a collar now. An improvement. Ooh. Season three is when the uniforms get improved. That's what I noticed with TNG. Yep. Season three was when all their uniforms got improved. Yeah. So uh yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's a choice they make? Like, hey, you know what? Oh, fuck yeah. Let's have some bad costumes for the first two seasons of all our shows and they'll get better. I I would prefer that over the fact that it's like they just had bad costumes for two seasons and, and then they are like, Oh, people don't like our outfits. Let's change them. Oh uh, I I'd prefer that it was a stylistic choice the whole time. Oh yes. Uh then I wrote the Vorta. Who are they again? Oh right. I thought they were Bedouins. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to repeat that, but, uh, you know. <laughs> and no one was weirded out by distant, drugged-out Odo. Uh, I mean, Kira kind of. It's, that must be part two. Yeah, Kira picks up on okay. it. She, know, she knows what's going okay. on. Back to you. Tell me. Tell uh, me. So part two of the search, uh, 3.02, I called, uh, or here's my review, just the worst hair, three out of four stars. So we have these guys now, these elfy characters, mm-hmm. and I know 100% that if if we had – they have like elf ears that go real high, and if uh, people here had ears like this, I know that they would have similar hairstyles, but their hairstyle is it's like their sideburns growed out, growed, their sideburns growed out and then like combed over and into their ears, so their ears are behind their hair, and every time I saw this guy, I was like, I hate this. I hate this guy's stupid fucking hair. I was like, I can't stop looking at it. It's driving me crazy. Is so that, I really is, is that Wayun? Uh, what is his name? He's on the. If you go to IMDb, he is in the uh, the picture of the episode. Okay. Oh, this episode was directed by Horny Riker. Did you know that? Yeah, this is when he starts uh, busting out his directing chops. His chops. Uh, what did you call that guy? His name? Wayun. Wei Un. Okay, let me see. Well, because it's a very specific actor, so I don't know. You would know. You should know who this is. This guy is like, I mean, he looked familiar, but he's a uh, he's like the he's claiming to be one of the founders from the Gamma Quadrant and all that. But is it the? Uh, I think it's maybe Borath. Is the guy? <laughs> okay, so we haven't seen Wei Un yet. Okay, I don't. Think That's so. fine. That's fine. Yeah. But uh, so this guy's in here. They're doing some more diplomacy, some gunboat diplomacy, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. And uh, they um, 
this is more where the Federation is coming in and fucking around, like well, you, uh, like you said. I got a quote here: Starfleet likes the chain of command, and oh, yes, and, and also team players. Oh yeah, they say this is better for the company as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Starfleet has made the decision uh, to give over uh, the station to the Gamma Quadrant, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cisco says, "Uh, uh-uh. uh let's go blow up the worm." So here's my line: "Shit, yeah." Cisco acting like a goddamn commander. Hell yeah, he is. He's he's finally like he. Because I've always heard people are like Cisco, man. He is he's the best. And I was like, this fucking guy who's, who's like, oh, Jake. Jake. I was like, this dude doesn't even know how to talk. Like, why is why is everyone so uh, into him? But uh, this one, he actually shows some uh, assertive kind of control. He's like, I'm going to go do blow this shit up because I ain't into it. And I was like, hell yes, yeah, Cisco. You got to do what feels right, buddy. Oh, yeah. So I also got here. The second part was kind of weak. It doesn't make sense. The Defiant wasn't being disassembled and studied for parts. Uh, well, that's, I, I guess mean, not. I, yeah. I mean, I never even thought about that until you just mentioned it. No, they just, they're like, let's use it. Yep. Or lose it. Yep. They're like, oh, we have this roaming technology. Huh. What? It's like what the fuck? Like uh, the ability to uh, go into like uh, stealth cover. Mm-hmm. Well, shooting, I mean, they... shoot, shooting and cover. Shooting and cover. With they shield, can't think... shows up. Yeah, yeah. They can't think of everything, you know. They try. They try. But yeah, not a bad. They, they're not. Uh, these two episodes are pretty good. Like together, they they pair well. Okay. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about nope. them? Okay. Uh, here's my last one. 3.03. Problematic race relations. Two out of four stars. House of Quark. House of Quark. And so I don't mean problematic in the sense where it's what we have here, Jerry, is a Quark and a Klingon kind of coming together. And I think that that's, uh, you know, in this Star Trek world, it's like that's the way uh, there's all this, all these people, they're doing all these things. That's fine. But this was an episode that I found more than ever. I was like, I was like, are these, are these like races of aliens kind of being used as placeholders of different current day earth ethnicities of some kind? And mm-hmm. I was like, interesting. So I, it was like, I, I've thought of that before, but uh, this one, it, it really seemed uh, evident as uh, we get Quark and he uh, he kind of goes to the Klingon home planet, which they actually name. And I was like, is this the first time they've ever actually said what it's like Kronos or something? And I was just like, because I've never heard them actually say it. They always say the Klingon home planet. Uh, they actually said it in this one. Right. Oh. Or I just missed it before. I think you might have missed it before. Um, but, uh, I was just like, huh, but, uh, yeah. So Quark goes there and he gets down the Klingons for a while and like, it's pretty good. I, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, there's nothing like overly or there's nothing bad about it, but it's at this, my, my one sentence didn't take notes while watching pretty dumb though. And this was a nope. <laughs> you do yeah. not, you do not need to watch this episode. Yeah. So, and that's what I mean. I, so I said two out of four, it's. It's, it's like I said, it's it's all about Quark playing off of the Klingons and how they have different, like, uh, they're like, Quark's like, I know about books and numbers and bookkeeping. Yep. And the Klingons are like, books are for nerds. Hawk pluck. 
<laughs> and you're like, huh. You're like, I wonder what this all means <laughs> in the in the grander scheme of things. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's for it's definitely not uh, not one of them bangers, those slam slammer pogs that uh, you have to watch. So, oh well, oh well. So that's some DS9 for you, Jer. Thank you. I hope to watch some more. Good by next week. I've got some. I got notes coming up. For uh, oh, and so where do you actually? Where do you? Um, oh, like maybe halfway through season five. Five. Okay. Sorry. Well, we'll talk about it then. Okay. We'll talk. About we'll talk about it. It. I, I, that's good to know where you ended off though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to get there at least. Uh. Anyway, that's reviewing. Uh, you got any news? Fuck, I don't know. Is there any news? Should I pull up those live numbers again? Sure. Because people listening to this in two years will be like, whoa, uh, it's still the same as it was an hour ago, an hour and a half ago. Very, so, very good. Whatever that means. Yeah. You know, I, I, Nevada, I th- do something. Jeez. Jeez. Nah. Jeez. It's, it's late. It's yeah, probably, probably it's, tired. It's probably like 6.30 or something their time. Yeah, they're like, we're tired. We're going to bed. Yeah. Tuckered so, yeah. All tuckered out. Well, that's that yeah. then. Sure. What a reasonable amount of time to wrap things up at. What, an hour and a half? Yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah. That's not bad yeah. at all. Well, too bad. Well, now we have got some movies, actually. The big movies to talk about. What's a movie? Girthy. What's a girth? After the break, uh-huh. we're putting on a new show, RJ. It's called. An Evening with the Creeps, starring you and me, and you're all invited. What do you, um, what do you mean? It's going to be opening night, right? Uh, 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 What would an evening with us actually be like? I don't know. Unpleasant? At least three and a half hours long. had a, uh, a small disturbance in our problem backstage, and the curtain will go up in a minute. Thank you. Was she sober? I don't know. I don't think so. Did you tell her we had search parties out for her, the police, everybody? I mean, we all know you changed all the lines tonight. Uh, doesn't that tell you something? I mean, don't you say to yourself, Myrtle, 
Maybe I'm not so smart. Maybe Sarah's play has something to say. You want to be young again, is that it? Oh, Marty. Oh! I seem to have lost the, uh, the reality of, of, of the, uh, reality. How old are you, Myrtle? But my wife, Lena. This is Virginia. Say hello to Virginia. Shake hands. Come on. My son, Vito. You haven't met my son, Vito? God damn it, no! You haven't met my son, Vito? What's going on? Is it the girl that was killed? What girl? No. Have you, uh, have you seen her since she died? Okay, I, I have seen her, but not like you think. I mean... <laughs> I made her up, but she's mine. She's my fantasy. Was she on the stage with you again tonight? Oh, my God, what are you doing? Don't worry, Sarah. I'm doing this to myself. Don't you want to touch me? No. Oh! <laughs> And we're back. 
This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're finishing up our dive through the John Cassavetes five films box set, Spine 250. Two That's to, a mouthful. Two to go. In one of these, I thought we didn't have to, but then upon closer inspection, turns out we did. What a, what a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. First up, though, Opening Night from 1977, directed by old Cassavetes himself. The synopsis for this film, RJ. Mm-hmm. Actress Myrtle Gordon is a functioning alcoholic actress who is a few days from the opening night of her latest play concerning a woman distraught about aging. One night, a car kills one of Myrtle's fans who is chasing her limousine in an attempt to get the star's attention. Myrtle internalizes the accident and goes on a spiritual quest, but fails to find the answer she is after. As opening night inches closer and closer, fragile Myrtle must find a way to make the show go on. Really? Yeah. Is that what happens? Allegedly. Huh. I felt like there were some other things that happened in this uh, movie. So this movie's got uh, it's got the stacked cast. All the all the familiar faces, they're back. Right? Well, yeah, I think all of them are here. We got, we got. We were, uh, we were taking numbers. I think everyone shows up. Gene Rollins is there. Ben Gazzara, uh, mm-hmm. Seymour Cassell. Yep, he's he's kicking it. He isn't even listed yep. in the cast here. What the fuck? No, Seymour Seymour is there, and uh, I think you're forgetting the biggest cameo of all. At the not just the Cassavetti main player, mm-hmm. but uh, a, 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 someone uh, right at the end of this film. Did you uh, did you catch that one? Um, I'm I'm blinking. What do you? Oh, uh, I'm talking about Peter Borg Donovich. Oh, yeah. He's not one of the Cassavetti's boys, but uh, he's here. He's there. He's he's here. Uh, yeah. So we got Seymour. We got um the older uh, lady from uh, Faces. She's in this also. Oh, this is another old lady. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what her name was in either of them. Right. That old guy is in these, both of them. You know the old guy. Old guy. Yeah. But yeah, and John Cassavetes, he comes <gasps> he comes out from behind the camera for the first time in this box set. What do you think? Why do you think it was this one that he decided to do it for? I think he's in other movies of his own though too. I don't think. Well, he movie. he's in uh, Shadows. Well, I mean, in a but cameo, just... but I think oh, one sec here. Well, husband season. Yes, yeah, and he's in it. Yeah. So yeah, so it's yeah. not the first, but this is in our viewing. It would in appear our viewing, he he shows up, and because uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, and you know what, RJ, I gotta say, I think John Cassavetes is a hell of an actor. I I uh, actually would say I think that he's probably a better actor than he is a director, in my I, in my feelings. A lot of people share that opinion, and uh, he would say that that's wrong. I he'd think say, he'd say, "Ah, bullshit." <laughs> Well, he would say art uh, acting isn't real. Yeah, you know they all say that though, don't they? Well, who? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. opening night. So this is a another Cassavetti's paced film, meaning it is over two hours long. Because fuck it, I I, I miss the days, RJ, of shadows. <laughs> well, so. I think this uh, this week, what do we have? Almost six hours of uh, Cassavetes. 
sure. It's did. pretty close. Yeah, no, yeah. You're just this like ten minutes shy, twenty minutes shy of uh, six hours. What is this, Mabuse? Like, what's going on here? Oh no, what? Oh my god. So anyway, and this feels like it treads a lot of the same territory that we've seen a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in these films. Um, so yeah, so they all start to blur. And so you, I often wonder, because even though we had like weeks in between, I, I think we might be broken completely if we watch these week to week. Mm-hmm. I think it was I think it was nice to have the ghoul schools breaking up the the Cassavetes beat down. For me, well, anyway. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it was a little nice break, the ghoul schools, but uh, mm-hmm. I think we should have did this all in one episode. One episode? Just watch all... <laughs> Six just, of these things, yeah, just fucking hammer through. Well, why not? Why not? So Gina Rowland, she plays another woman on the on the edge, acting off, and people around her <laughs> having to like work around this and not knowing how to deal mm-hmm. with it. This is familiar. Benghazar is well cast as sort of the what, what is what is the role of Manny? He's the producer. I uh, like Ben Gazzara. Yeah, I I actually kind of thought he was like the director. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I'm not like. Yeah, it seems like they're left to their own devices, and he's really like behind the scenes. But he seems like is he the producer and the director? I'm not sure if in the the theater world that role blurs a lot, but it seems mm-hmm. like a lot's on the line. Um, the screenwriter, uh, or the playwright, I guess of this, she's she's a foot. She's part of the yeah. adaptation of it, so she's often mm-hmm. there. There's the older man that's also a, pr- present. a producer. Yeah, and he seems to be like everyone knows one another. They're all friendly, and yeah. they're, they're trying to get this production. It's a, it's a play. I, I'm you know how I am, RJ. We've talked about this. How are you? I'm I'm not a fan of plays. What if it was a uh, like? What if Bergman did a movie about plays? Would you like it a little bit more then? Hmm. Like, what kind of play are you thinking here? Something like I don't know, like not like old Shakespearean, but uh, something whimsical, like like magical. Yeah, that's the word. Like I was a like a for. magic cello. Exactly, or you hmm. know, like um, maybe a wind some... instrument. Yeah, like a hmm. uh, piccolo. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, let's go wait for Bergman to work on something like that for me he's to not, for, for me to really for me to really sink my teeth into. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a production, and they're doing all the previews because that's a whole thing. All this stuff started rushing back to me about like how the theater world. Because you're like, what the hell? Where's the opening night? Like they're already doing their show. Like that was the opening night. But oh no no, not in theater. You have to do previews of the of the fucking thing, and then you build up to the opening on Broadway, and you do hands, jazz hands. Can, uh, can you do that so I can screenshot that just for the uh, the people at home? Or I'm good. Ooh. I'm good. Okay. Let's look up up. Look up Al Jolson. He does some good ones. Jazz hands. Yeah. I, I like Jared Duncan's jazz hands, mm. to be honest. But you know. So the name of this play is called The Second Woman. Uh, yes, it is. And over the yeah. course of two and a half hours, you kind of like piece together what this play is. Because you see it in various states and various moments of its production. Um, do you have a sense of what The Second Woman is about, RJ? 
Uh, yeah, I thought I did. So this is how I, I okay. had a read on it. We got this uh, lady. She kind of starts a relationship with a guy, but then she later finds out that the guy is married with a family. Yep. And she is, in fact, the second woman in this relationship, even though I feel like it did seem like she she wasn't trying to be. But then she goes home to her actual marriage. And then it's a uh, and then that marriage isn't sound. And you know what? It actually seemed a lot like a Cassavetes film, Jarrett. Sure did. Sure did. So, uh, but uh, I think that's that was the that's all I got from it was she turned out to be the second woman. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I don't I don't think there's anything more than that. Did you? No, that's it. Yep. So, anyway, the movie kind of kicks off with them going through the tail end of this production, I guess, or like of the actual play of the performance, mm-hmm. and it's like all great, and then suddenly like this is like a fictional world where I think people give a shit about actors. <laughs> In like uh, in, in, in 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 plays, people yeah. still people still back in like seventy seven were like, oh, let's go talk to these people in the back. I'm sure people go and do the same thing at Hamilton or whatever the fuck it's called. I'm sure I'm sure they care, but I don't want anything to do with those types of people. Well, Hamilton's on uh, Disney Plus. You could check it out if you wanted. Mm. Sounds like a great idea. A great way to spend eight ninety nine a month. Sure, if you want. Mm. So, anywho, uh, she has a fan, a very obsessed teenage fan. Named Just Nancy. like we have many. Oh, yeah, named Nancy. Yeah. And she's like, I love you so much. Oh, you're so great. Oh, great, great, great. I got to go. I got to go. And then, like, one thing leads to another, and she's running after the vehicle, after the limo. And then, curse splat. Car crash sounds. Dead. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one coming? It's a, it's a bit. I mean, I guess it's like I, I kind of say it's like out of line in a Cassavetes movie. He's had some uh, some physical violence come down, men falling from great heights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like I, life. It's sudden. It comes out of nowhere. Like jazz. Like jazz hands. What's uh what's the soundtrack of this movie like, Jared? The the, the Bo Harwood. The uh, yeah, what's the jazz like? Uh, I don't know, RJ. Is it Seinfeldian? I don't know. I don't know what Seinfeld is. Is that good? Is that a movie? Uh, don't I, bump. like the B movie. So anyway, at this yeah. point, Myrtle, I guess, starts to uh-huh. become unwound. Um, yeah. There's like there's obviously a lot of kind of grief building up within her with the death of this fan like right in her proximity, but it's like mm-hmm. oh you know the show has to go on yeah you know life happens it's not your fault etc. But she's also having problems with this character. Uh, they're doing the rehearsals and she like you know they're doing like the thing where it's like oh John Cassavetes uh, the co-star of hers in this playing her husband you know mm-hmm. slaps her and then she goes down and she won't get back up. And everyone's like, oh, what the hell is this all about? And, like, it keeps going on and on and on. And this is the beginning of trouble. Um, and mm-hmm. eventually over time, uh, Myrtle begins to just, like, continue to, like, bring this backstage drama into the actual performance. Uh, ben Gazar, we get, like, a kind of a snapshot of his life, the Manny Victor character. He's got a, a girl. He has, to, he has to make a lot of phone calls and take a lot of phone calls telling, telling – uh, Myrtle that he loves her. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, ego massaging. Well, what else are you going to massage? Um, your back. Sure. Get some. You could have said anything. I guess. But I'm glad you went that route instead of massage your lemons. Sure. No. Sure. Not your Jesse Je- Lemons. Je- not your Jesse Plemons. Don't touch him. He doesn't. Just your... He doesn't like that. Well, who would? No. Yeah. So tell me more about uh, phone calls and uh, things that happen. Phone calls. With Myrtle. What? What? What's there to be said? Uh, there, there's a seance. Uh, yeah, there is. No. Like uh, quite a bit later. Yeah, there's a seance in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the performances continue. Yeah. Anyway she's out of sorts and you're kind of like why why are they dealing with this because again i guess like the impression i get is that she's a big star uh yeah it's it's, uh it's kind of built in that um she's very well she's the most well recognized of anyone related to the production uh because she was a, a very big star but uh i mean the whole point of the movie is that even her going to broadway it's almost like it's like is she she aging out or what you know, is she aging out? If you're going on to Broadway, though, I mean, that's pretty good. Is Broadway good? I thought Broadway was, like, uh, not art. Well, I mean, that's that's my opinion on this whole matter. But uh, people seem to like Broadway. I feel like that's a goal in itself is to be on Broadway. It's a bunch of fucking drama nerds, if, yeah. if you ask me. So you know what else happens in this movie, Jerry? What happens in this movie? So you get some calls. You see that a lot of people are in a Myrtle. Yeah. Myrtle starts acting a little bit strange. Hmm. Strange. She's uh, seeing things. She's drinking a little bit. She's not really responding to cues in the Broadway show. She makes people think that Cassavetes hits her. And apparently, which, Jenna, which Rollins, doesn't even make sense because, like, he didn't. Like, you're like you 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 can see that he. It's like kind of like what is this? Did you see that part, though, in Constant Forge where Jenna Rollins is like, I actually pretended like John did hit me. And then the whole cast got mad at him. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently part of that is uh, parts of those scenes are uh, left in the movie here. Wow, that's that's so improvised. It's improvised. Well, she like because, I mean, they were married. Yes. If, uh, if people didn't know. And uh, she kind of what her thing. What she says is she's like, I just thought it was funny. Mm hmm. Well, well, I mean, like, I do believe uh, during a passage of Constant Forge, she talks about how their relationship worked so great because they were very aggressive with one another. Kind of like Stephen and uh, Stephen King and Tabitha. Well, that's a different kind of relationship builder about compatibility sexually, right? As opposed to, right. I guess, yelling at each other. But I mean, maybe he was keeping it classy. Maybe we'll never know, I guess, because I mean. He's dead. Cassavetes is dead. Long dead. Huh, I, you know, I didn't realize he'd been dead since 1989. Yeah, he's been dead a long time, man. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So she's uh, she's acting a little squirrely. Mm-hmm. Old uh, writer lady's like, you know what? Maybe she's possessed. She's like, everyone <laughs> just kind of. She's like, everyone, bear with me for a minute. Oh my god. Maybe she's haunted by a demon. Uh, so we have a little seance. Uh, she's know. working out her demons, mm-hmm. Jared. And I mean, demons are a metaphor for ageism and uh, the fear of aging and becoming 
unessential, non-important, becoming no longer part of the scene. Uh, so is she really possessed? I don't know. Is it just age creeping up in her mind? I don't know. That's for you to decide. So they do a little seance, and then it's opening night. And uh, she's nowhere to be seen. Uh, she's just hanging out in the alley, uh, getting loaded. And then uh, what we have here is uh, a terrific example of alcoholism at work hmm. and uh, how to work around the liquor. Right. Did I miss anything in between? And then you get to see kind of like how the whole play comes together. But you also, because throughout the whole previous two hours, yeah. you, you see how the play existed at one point, And then by the end, you get to see a condensed version of like what it's turned into. Yeah. And I guess you could argue it's a better version. It's it's like it's a it's own entity, its own mm-hmm. creature, and it's like kind of what it is. But they're also like leaning into the creative urge, the self destruction. Yeah, wasn't that what art is allegedly? Allegedly, kinda. Yeah, kinda. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's this movie. That's the opening night. It is very Cassavetes. Yes, it is. Un- uh, undisputedly a Cassavetes film and is very Cassavetes. It's got that Cassavetes feeling. Um, Some might even describe it as vintage. I would consider it my least favorite of the five Cassavetes okay. films. And I think it might just because it's coming at the tail end of watching a lot of Cassavetes movies that mm-hmm. kind of feel very much the same. If I just pick this movie up by itself and just like, it's time for me to watch opening night, I might have a different response to it. But there is something about his, the tone of this that doesn't work for me. And I feel like the, when I think back on Cassavetes movies, I'm kind of like, yeah, I kind of have the same disconnect that I had with like a woman under the influence, but it doesn't have Columbo. Um, well, few like, movies do. Yeah. You know. Do you know so, what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a strike right there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the least interesting Bo Harwood score. I mean, I don't – I just hear Seinfeld music, so right. I don't really know if yeah. it's a, mm-hmm. one thing or the other. You're, yeah, you're very tone deaf to it. You're just like – it all sounds the same to me. Yeah, so I mean, like, it feels like it covers a lot of the same ground and doesn't elaborate too much on it in any fine way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do, I mean, there's like elements of it. It's a really well made movie, Mm -hmm. but I guess, like, yeah, it just doesn't do a whole heck of a lot for me, RJ. Well, maybe you don't do a whole heck of a lot for me. And that's fine. I I assume that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I mean, I think that's, I think your rationale for those things are fair. Um, so what did, do we miss anything? So you you mentioned how the play within the within the movie mm-hmm. is somewhat even maybe perhaps more interesting in uh, one way or the other. Well, it's like um, you're it's like you're watching that <laughs> you're watching a John Cassavetes movie about a play that is probably very similar to like something he was writing at one point because it, it covers mm-hmm. the exact – everything feels so repetitive. Like, it would be almost impossible to tell apart. And I think that's why maybe even he's in his own film. Mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't seen Husbands, so I'm, I'm curious how that fits into the um, the filmography tonally. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, he's very consistent. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean – well, we'll talk about a Constant Forge. Like, they talk about the buildup of what his movies are and what they kind of tackle. Right. 
So then, uh, yeah, so we have that in uh, in-house play. And uh, Jenna Rollins comes. She's real drunk. But they, you know, they make it work, Jared. They, uh, they throw her in there. She does her thing. She's a professional, damn it. Mm-hmm. So uh, she does what she needs to do. But is this a professional production? Uh, I think it's trying to be. It's trying to be. But it seems like nowadays this, this wouldn't fly. I don't know. Uh, maybe it would. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't think it would, though. I don't think this would, I don't think this would be going down. If, if I mean, there's some dramatic license with the presentation, you know I guess, of the how they're covering for this and like making it work and uh, basically to save the production itself. I mean, it's a, is this a waiting for Guffman type deal? Maybe bringing in Corky Sinclair, the big gun. I don't know. I, I don't know. I've never seen that movie, but uh, you should. Do you think that Lynn Manuel Miranda is showing up to Hamilton drunk sometimes? I think there's a lot of singing and dancing. I think that'd be kind of hard to maintain if you weren't like right. kind of level. So anyways, uh, I mean, I think that's too bad that uh, opening night uh, doesn't do it for you. I like it. I think it's good. Um, I think that this hammers out. Uh, I think it could go either way. So like you said that at some points, this movie starts to blur where it's like, oh, all these Cassavetti-isms <laughs> all coming through. Uh, and, uh, I get that. Uh, I actually kind of, I think I have the opposite where it's like, I actually kind of like that. Like, um, what you find out in the documentary too, is he builds upon a lot of these things, like certain themes and stuff like that. And I do think there is a, an actual kind of natural progression between them. Uh, and I think opening night is a good, it's, I think it's a good kind of, um, addition to that, like in the stepstone that I guess eventually takes us up to love streams, which we, we don't watch for what, a couple oh, years, a very long time, very think, long yeah. time. Okay. So, uh, eventually it'll take you up to there, but, uh, I do like opening night for, I like the presentation of, uh, like we, we were saying movies that are about either like movie making or entertainment like theater i think it's really really fine line i usually don't like that because i think it's people are too far up their own asses a lot uh but if there was anyone that could do it that i think i i kind of enjoy i do think it's him because uh i I don't know i um i don't know if i've mentioned in like the past two episodes i just i do i do really like his style like i think it's unique and uh I, I'm not the most like well-versed, so if someone's like, well, actually, this guy was doing it before, it's like, yeah, I don't know that, so don't even bother saying it. It's, it has That has no bearings on me. Well, actually, Arch. Well, actually. I'm, I'm that guy. I know you are, so don't even bother. Uh, what I'm saying is I think I like the way Cassavetes does it, so uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on board with him, but um, I um, I think uh, – what, what was I going to say? I think this is actually sneaky, almost a, a horror movie, this uh, this thing. And it's not because of the seance, but uh, I, I do think it's like it's an age thriller, Jarrett. How many ageism thrillers do uh, do you have like this? Grumpy old men, cocoon, uh, the fountain, maybe. Do, are those all in the same kind of wheelhouse? Maybe it's just because it's like 70s ish and it looks like 70s horror movies. <laughs> And that could be a two, that could be a two. But uh, I, when I was watching, it, I was like, I was like, this is a sneaky thriller. I was like, I like it. I'm kind of digging on this. Um, I think Gina, Gina Rollins is she's real good in this. And the biggest thing that I think for her and Cassavetes too is uh, when you watch it, like when they're, I think a really good mark of strong acting, like 
and like something you said, you think Cassavetti is a better actor. Uh, you can tell when they're pretending, when they're acting as actors in the play. And then when they break that, then they're like more natural. And it shows like how good I think their actual acting is because I think it's tough to be like, to be like smooth as if this is who you are. And then like, then do a kind of a, a, a persona on top of that where you're just like, this is my acting now, my theater presence. So I think that was actually really well done. I was like, I like that. That's nice stuff. Uh, I like the play with, um, or the interplay between uh, our main boys. I'm a Ben Gazzara guy. I think his voice is like, mm-hmm. it's very uh, like in uh, enticing. Like it really brings you in. You're like, man, it's got I like warmth. The way this guy's- it's got warmth you're just like, I like how he sounds. Like I, I want to listen to him talk all day. Uh, so I like, I like Ben Gazzara and that. Um, I also, I do kind of think it's like, I almost kind of want to watch the movie of that. The play is about more than this too. But, uh, I think in terms of movies about movies or theater or actresses or whatever, this is the one that I find, the most tolerable and I actually enjoy because like I said, usually this drama nerd stuff really doesn't appeal to me because it's, it's like, this doesn't, it's like, who is this for you yourself almost? But, uh, would you consider uh red shoes in that ballpark, even though it's about dancing? I don't know. I think that's a, a it's, it's, it's a form of drama nerd. And that's a movie that you also quite like. Yeah. Red shoes is red shoes is very good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one. But uh yeah, I think I think Gina is good. I think uh your buddy Paul Cassavetes, he's pretty good in this. Paul Cassavetes. Uh, well, you know Paul. Yeah. Uh Ben Gazzara is good. Uh that old man, he's pretty good too. Um I don't know where opening night fits for me in terms of all of them, but uh, I I do actually I I do like it. I think it's uh as I said, I think it's a vintage Cassavetes and oh, yeah. that could be for better or worse like you could either dislike that a lot or uh, it could actually work for you. I don't know. I don't know. But I like opening night. I think it's a pretty good show. Pretty, pretty good, good show. show. I guess Peter Falk is in the movie. But like. Uh, as one of the like audience members or. Yeah. He's, he's got a credit in there. I'm trying to remember what he did. Because I can't, I, I, I can't remember anything after A Constant Forge. <laughs> well, fuck. How could you? Oh, boy. All right. Uh, yeah, so opening night, I, I, I 100%, like, if you are into that Cassavetes vibe, opening night, yeah. checks those boxes. It's kind of, it's more of the same, yep. but, um, yeah, I find that, for me, again, still the, I really like Shadows, which is, like, probably, mm-hmm. like, the most un-Cassavetes film of the five, probably, because yeah. it's, like, his, you know, it's his first real film, and feels more like, uh, you know, French New Wave than mm-hmm. what he kind of settles into, which is the new Hollywood idiom you like that yeah yeah i mean i've heard about it you heard all about that i've, I've heard about it yeah and i don't know maybe it's because i just i'm not or am i i don't know i don't what? think so can you repeat yourself there i said i i think i'm just not really a french new wave guy that's fine no like i said but i think that yeah, yeah i mean i think it's like better than most french new wave films <laughs> i'm more of a I'm more of like a um, Canadian new wave. Ah, I don't know if you know about that. Like, like David Cronenberg. No, I'm thinking more like, um, pie Wackett. Like, have mm. you ever heard of that film, Jarrett? 
New Canadian cinema. New Canadian waves. That's right. Um, so we wrap this up. We had to go back, back into the mm-hmm. Blu-ray set. Go back to the Shadows disc and pull out a Constant Forge, which for some reason in the new Blu-ray set does not have a spine number, which is 216, despite mm-hmm. the fact that it is spine 256. I I think it's the... It was. It must the have been DVD. a package. I think. I think. Right? Yeah. I think it's a. Well, I think it's a DVD yeah. thing. And the way they packaged it as a special feature on the first movie, which would be a mm-hmm. terrible time to watch that documentary, because yeah. you should probably watch the other. They like, watch all these movies. Yeah. You get well, even that. and even like the movies not included in the in the box, like the Love Streams, uh, Minnie and was it Miskovitz, uh, yeah. Husbands, like. It's like though I think it would have been worth watching those two before Constant Forge, just because it's talking about all of them. All of them. So a Constant Forge from two thousand, directed by Charles Kisliak. Everyone loves oh, him. Sure. Uh, he directs like a bunch of making of like movies oh. about documentaries about the film and film history sorts of things like that. Other movies, other stuff like that. So uh, the tagline, it's got a tagline. The Life and Art of John Cassavetes. Wow, huge. Is that it? That's it. Okay. And sure. the synopsis. One of the great mavericks of cinema, oh. John Cassavetes, has earned a reputation as the godfather of American independent movies. The actor-turned-filmmaker invented a realist style of unadorned narrative films heavily influenced by documentaries. This in-depth analysis of Cassavetes' life and work features interviews with key collaborators and collaborators and ensemble regulars and explores the making of classics like the killing of a chinese bookie opening night and a woman under the influence so this bad boy is a a big thick cut 200 minutes long that translates to three hours and 20 minutes um this starts off with a I guess like a montage of samples of John Cassavetes writings, I guess on each of his films. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Did you find the actor that they chose to voice John Cassavetes uh, distracting? Yes. Cause I did. I was like, that's, that's not how he sounds at all. No, it's kind of, a, kind of a guy just a, he's like, what's yeah. this, this, this podcaster that I'm hearing? He's like, well, why not? I mean, I made movies, and then you're like, ugh. ugh. Yeah, I, I was kind of like, who is this? <laughs> maybe, maybe, I, it's, maybe, I it's, it maybe, maybe it's his grandson, for all we know. I He seemed like a, like a random-ass dude. I, I looked him up, and I was like, I have no fucking clue who this guy is. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care either. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah Charles Kissley, I got He did a documentary, uh, Easy Rider, Shaking the Cage from 99, and Tootsie. A better man, the making of Tootsie, and something about like Oliver Stone. Oh, something and about and Oliver Stone. Some, something about Oliver Stone, and uh, and also a little documentary thing on once one flew over the cuckoo's nest. That kind of sounds cool. Has that got a good uh, good buzz? <sighs> no, I don't know. It's probably just a special feature on the DVD mm. from right. from the day nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, oh, that's an hour and a half. Oh, Chuck Kisselak. So anyway. Constant Forge. I'm trying to figure out who did the voice of uh, K- 
podcast videos based on this list. It's like at the very bottom of the uh, IMDb thing. I found it before I can find it again. Oh. If you want, I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna find um, it. So, what the, what's the, what is the approach of a constant forge? In fact, RJ, what is a constant forge in reference to? I believe it is a John Cassavetes quote, is it not? That would be correct. Uh, so I think the 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 opening of this is you have John Cassavetes' writings, and yep. they he is talking about his feelings in about life, about film, love. about himself, about love specifically. That's a big one. Uh, and then he gives us a very brief rundown of every one of his films. Yeah, so brief. I was kind of like, because I'm like, is that all they're going to spend on each of these films? Yeah, because I was, I was kind of like, uh, I was taken aback by that too. I was like, man, he is blowing through this shit. But it was like, they were just doing his his like little brief, like, I don't know, not even a minute or two of each film. And then they roll on and then you just have other people talking about them. And uh, his, uh, the voice of John Cassavetes is a man named Lenny Citrano, most known for his voice roles in video games, like Penguin Thug in Batman Arkham Knight. Oh, wow. And a movie called Suicide Kings. Oh, I've he seen... is Barry O'Benny in that film. Wow. And that's it, huh? Well, I mean, uh, do you know a, so, something called Swedish Dicks? I'm not familiar. Because that is his second most uh, okay. known for. That's fine. But I think he's a voice actor for like games and stuff. Okay. So, Constant yeah. Forge. Um, so, it opens up with like a this little preamble, I guess, of, I, I guess it's a thesis. <laughs> Question mark. Sure, you could call it a thesis. And, and then it has a brief little introduction of him talking about each one of his films and what he present, attempted to do. And you're kind of like, are we going back to these? And yes, yeah. we are, RJ, in no particular order. Because uh, I think the best way to describe the uh, structure, in quotation marks, mm. of this would be sprawling. <laughs> uh, Sp- sprawling how? Because it kind of just is all over the place. Yes, it is. Uh, this lacks, you know, say the cohesion of a Never Sleep Again or a Crystal Lake Memories. Sure. Where it goes in chronological order. It kind of mm-hmm. like covers like the behind the scenes of a film. But that mm-hmm. is not the intent of a Constant Forge. Um, no. No. The Constant Forge is uh, carried for the first half of the movie, I would say maybe first hour or so successfully by the heavy, heavy use of the, uh, Bo Harwood music that we know and love from all the Cassavetes movies, mm-hmm. uh, that are great pieces of piano. They kind of pull it all together. That's really nice. And it's just like footage and it just like drifts effortlessly between clips of these movies that we've just watched. It's some movies that mm-hmm. we don't even recognize. Sometimes you go, it seems kind of vaguely familiar. One of the drawbacks is that this is a 2000 documentary and they are using at the time, the unrestored footage of these said films. And you get to see how these films would have been available or available and viewed in 2000, like on VHS quality clips, which really sucks, but is also a reminder of the great job that criterion does as far as like restoration because some of the footage in these like of these movies from 2000 are just terrible like it's like so like faces look so murky and then mm-hmm. and, that, and after you just watch it on blu-ray you're like oh wow like it's 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 a very grainy looking movie 
but it looks definitely definitely a, a lot better than this. And the aspect ratio is all wrong. All these little quibbles that like I mean when I'm watching these old documentaries, it always is like kind of a novel thing to see junky documentary footage of the films that they're sampling because like that's mm-hmm. what that was what was available to them for older ones. And now everything's HD crystal clear. Like you watch the uh, uh, De Palma documentary, which has kind of got the same. I mean, again, it's different because they go through his movies chronological and then from that they kind of tell his life story but he's also mm-hmm. but he's also still alive and so he's he's an active member of the product and also you have um i don't know if you want to call uh a, a real uh director uh noah Baumbach, who made that documentary and it's like kind of like part of his filmography as a, as a fan uh Charles Kisiliak. I don't know the production history of A Constant Forge. If he was approached to make this sprawling thing, or if he if he's perhaps got a, a doctorate in Cassavetti studies, I think he. I think the story is that he just found this film. He just found it. Yeah, it's like you know, wow. like Stephen King doesn't remember writing Cujo. I think it was really similar. He just like woke up one day and it was just like the finished print was on his dresser, and he's like, huh. Weird. Yeah, I don't know anything about the history of this. I, I didn't even know who this dude was until you started talking about him. Right. Well, you know, that's kind of heavy lifting. <sighs> I'm used to. Hearing... I mean, I watched the movies. Yeah. Me I too. I can tell you, I I could have read the essay book, but uh, I didn't. Mm-hmm. That's good. So me you ne- can take me- that as it is. Me neither. Um, I learned that John Cassavetes uh, was of Greek origin. A hundred percent Greek is what I uh, is how I took that. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He I didn't know that either. I always thought he was like a New York Italian boy, but because uh, like he he was from New York, right? But um, I don't know. He just kind of had that persona. Like I was like, this guy seems like he would hang out with Tony. You know Tony? What was he a New York boy? I think so. I don't know. Well, his parents were from Greek, uh, Greece, Greece, but then, I'm pretty sure he's then, from And then they, they came to America because a, a missionary said it's, it's it's a great place. A missionary? I think so. They've, they've done no wrong. So, 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 yeah. yeah, he's from New York. Okay, so they, they emigrated there. Yeah, he was born in New York on December 9th, uh, 1929. Shit. Yeah, he was born in New York. God damn. And uh, he died February 3rd at the age of 59. Um, cirrhosis of the liver. Yeah, I don't know, man. Cirrhosis sounds like a bad deal. I don't even know how you get that. It's bad stuff. Bad, bad stuff. So anyway. So yeah, yeah. Constant Forge. What's the sell about this? This is a three-hour, 20-minute documentary about the career of John Cassavetes. The target audience for this is John Cassavetti's fans. Will oh, this yeah. will John, will this documentary make new fans of John Cassavetti's? No. In no way, shape, or form will this make a new fan. Will this help maybe uh, foster appreciation for his films? Debatable. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that this is like, I mean, it's way too goddamn long. It's very long. Way, wait, this, it's it's unnecessary. And it's a little long. A little, you kind of, I mean, if you wanted to redo this thing on a disc, you could break it into segments on the themes that this is addressing. Because each, because there is like, 
demarcation in like they, they but they just shift gears like without mm. and there's like kind of uh like little intertitles of quotes that they don't really ascribe to anything in particular it's just words it's, it's really weird actually and i was kind of like well who's saying this is this like his poetry or something he said like it, mm-hmm. d- it doesn't really explain what these things are so it's very loose it's very um this uh and, what it reminds me we got a youtube comment on a ghoul school about how we should we should have the timestamps for the themes of the movies we talked about well, no, that no, sounds no, a not, not, not the themes the titles it was just the titles i thought they wanted the- thematical mm. tagging no <laughs> interesting what well and i was gonna say there's not really a theme to that oh. but uh i don't know maybe there's something to no, it no i mean we do we do three and a half hour podcasts every sure we week do. are they sprawling some people would probably but, say but, so but there is a format is there there is we have an intro we have a preamble we have hmm. emails we have what we watched. We have news. We have the review. We have who hates. We have our outro. It's 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 got a shape. It's very precise every single time out. It doesn't really deviate whatsoever from that. Hmm. Constant Forge. Not comparing myself to this because also when you're making a film, mm-hmm. you have to watch this a podcast. You can just do whatever you want. You go running. Go live life. Take in some sun. Go for a car ride. You you can bring it with you, and it just goes along with you because there's no visual element that needs to be there. This at times feels very much like, you know, this is what we did before podcasting. And, I mean, I'm a fan of, like, sprawling documentaries on film. Uh, I'm a fan of the uh, Los Angeles Place itself documentary that is, like, four hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like got a, a, to me like a real driving like it's like the guy, some people hate the speaking of voices guys hate the guy who does that um, he's a film professor I think at UCLA or something like that mm. one of those one of one of the other schools USC or whatever um, and he narrates the whole thing some people are like oh god he's got the worst voice he just drones on and on over footage of like Los Angeles in movies that to me is like fascinating because it's like a it's a different way of approaching material constant forge isn't that like it isn't like reapproaching the material and presenting it in a different way in the same at all in the same way mm-hmm. it's kind of like oh hey we're going to have a bunch of people that john cassavetes knew like mm-hmm. loved ones almost all, all it's all like his collaborators though his actors. sean penn Sean Penn shows up there, you know. No one talks about Sean Penn anymore. Remember that guy? Remember, remember, well, remember SP? He came, he came up and like Andy watched most of these with me, and the uh, the only one she didn't watch was Shadows, actually, which uh, she was bummed out by. Um, but uh, we, we were watching this, and Sean Penn came up, and she was like, "Sean Penn." She's like, "When is he in any of his movies?" And I looked it up, and I was like. I was like, well, I was like, it sounds looks like they almost started yeah. a film, but which then it they, never which, actually. Which they talk about at the very end. At the this. very yeah. end, yeah, yeah, he died, so like, yeah. he's dead, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why he can't make films anymore. Sean Penn or no Sean Penn, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's it's curious because they they really focus on him as a director, right? Like they they don't even like pres- talk about oh hey his acting career that most people know him by, which mm-hmm. is a deliberate choice. But you know, I'm yeah. always up for a little bit of a dirty dozen footage. Um, you are. I, I want a little bit of a incubus. 
Could you imagine if they included some scenes from the Incubus in this thing? Could you could you imagine, Jared? Talk, talking about the the semen? Uh, about the what? Sorry, I think you cut out. Semen. Interesting. You might. I I don't really know the lead up. You must have been talking about some kind of naval, yeah. uh, like navy movie. But uh, yeah, I I do think. The one thing missing, I do think it would have been good to have some of his acting, but uh, he very openly says, he's like, well, he's like, I didn't really like acting. I just did it to finance my movies. Well, as right? you described it, it was a lot of like, it's a bit of emotions and shouting and he got success out of that. Yep. And it was Which like, I mean, to, meet, to meet girls. Well, I think uh, the same could be said about be, becoming president of the, the United States. Lots of motion and shouting. Meet girls. Meet girls. Interesting. Interesting. So you were talking about all these famous people who talk about Cassavetes. All these famous people. That's that's what they trot out, and they all have perspectives and how he was just like the greatest person. Yeah, I think they all do. Except uh, (laughs) there's a couple people like Peter Peter Falk. He's he's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. I I found his his things like like some of the most interesting because he's like well john would do this he's like he's fucking crazy he's like but i do this too he's like i'm also crazy. well it's, it's it's him mikey and nikki you know mm-hmm. that you, you know that movie uh mickey and nike is mikey that the one and nikki oh i know the the nike movie yes um, that directed by ellen may just got uh criterion blessed eyes yeah well we'll watch it in what 15 years yeah Okay. I won't. I won't think about it until then. Very, very seventies. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. But uh, yeah, it's just like a, it's a big love letter. It's a big love letter and celebration of John Cassavetes as mm-hmm. a director and his life. Um, I mean, through the writing, like you really get the sense this guy was like pretty thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the the mind behind the movies that he made. You can maybe say that much like I think he's a better actor. I think like his actual writings is like that are really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> this is three hours and twenty minutes, and at times feels like so like unnecessary because mm-hmm. you're just like, yeah, who who is this for? Um, other than like a big Cassavetes boy. Are you a big Cassavetes boy? No. No, I'm not. Oh, okay. No, no. Um, he's good, but mm-hmm. I there's not like for me there's not a lot that I get out of his movies. I don't think in like a deep way where I'm like, yeah, man, the way he does it. I'm, I just feel like I get that same f- feeling from other work being made. Maybe it's more, but it's maybe because uh, I don't know. I like I like my meat and potatoes movies a little bit more, Jay. I like my fr- uh-huh. I like my Friday the Thirteenth. You know what I'm saying? What about Back to the Future? Oh, I love Back to the Future. You know, it's got the, oh. it's got the DeLorean. That, 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 that doctor, he's crazy. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy, though. He's a good shit. I like this cast of Eddie's, <laughs> too. But, uh, you know, uh, puts me to sleep. You know what I mean? Oh, hey. Are you saying that he is not the, quote, godfather of American independent cinema? That's such an asshole thing to say. Well, this is what Amazon says. I know it does. I'm sure the Criterion box says it too. I mean, it's important. It's great that it's out there. And like, they're really, really well-made movies. But... Do you think that he's the father of Cinema Verte? No. <laughs> what about The Godfather? The, you mean like the Francis Ford Coppola movie? 
Yeah. Is he is he the Godfather? No. So you know what's, <laughs> Well, no, he's, he's busy. Not the Godfather. Though. I know. Uh, you know what's weird though. So like while you were talking, I just I just wanted to like do a little bit of research. You know, I do a lot of research for mm-hmm. the pod. So I put Cassavetes into Amazon. Yeah. I was like, I just want to see what pops up. Uh, and the quote I just read to you was from a book from this guy named Ray Carney called Cassavetes on Cassavetes. Oh yeah. And uh, I'm finding though a lot of the things in this first page of Cassavetes, like, do you remember that movie The Wraith that you watched? With Charlie Sheen? The car movie, yeah. Yeah. Is Cassavetes in that movie? Probably. He could very well be, actually. Or Nick Cassavetes? Because there's not just one Wraith t-shirt. There's two Wraith t-shirts and the DVD of the Wraith. And then there's also Genexa stress release tablets. He is not in the Wraith. Well, why is this on his page, then? I don't know. It's coming up like three, four times. I definitely know he was in the Incubus. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely in the Incubus. Whoa, Jarrett, would you like a Love Streams t-shirt? No. What What about a Woman Under the Influence t-shirt? Is it just like the poster printed on a t-shirt? It's an animated version uh, of uh, Peter Falk and uh, Jenna Rollins, and they're just looking at each other, and it says, A Woman Under the Influence. Hmm. Like a cartoon version of each of them. He wasn't. In, he wasn't in a lot of movies as like a actor. Like big. Like look, just looking it over, I'm like, yeah, he wasn't like as big as I guess in my mind. But like, I mean, Rosemary's Baby was a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. Well, he was in the Incubus, Jarrett. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was. I and, got he, and he even and he even got to work with Big Dog Brian De Palma. He did. He did. What about Big Dog John Boyd? Oof. Yeah. You, you know what I found hilarious? Did you pick up on that line or that part where John Voigt was like, "It's too bad uh, John never got into politics because uh, we could really use someone who tells it like it is." You know, someone who's not a politician. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Interesting." Oh yeah, that's that's what John John Voigt's part of that club. Yes, he is. Yep. Yes, he is. Him and James Woods can hang out and complain. Yeah. Oh God. So, what were you talking about before I started talking about Amazon? John Cassavetes. Oh yeah, yeah. Paul, what's up with him? He's um, I don't know. Do you want me to go for a while? Sure. You're 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 a Cassavetes boy. I am what you would call a Cassavetes. How, how how did a constant forge work for you and Andrea? As a matter of fact. Um, Andrea really enjoyed it, but, uh, she wanted to break it up, which I think was the right call. We watched it over two nights mm-hmm. and, and there's actually a, a really natural breaking point at about an hour and a half. Like when they fade to black and they go have those like uh, quotes up there, they do that sometimes, but at an hour and a half, it goes to black and it holds it for like eight, nine seconds, mm-hmm. which is a pretty long time. So we were watching it and we're like. We're like, this seems like a natural place to stop. Uh-huh. So uh, we did watch it over two nights, which I think is the best way to do it. Unless you're just like, you just want four hours of Cassavetes, like just mainlined into mm-hmm. you. Uh, so, I mean, I think uh, I think this whole experiment into the Cassavetes world uh, is probably surprising people that I, I actually enjoy these movies and I like them because I usually don't like anything, uh, any of these Criterion films at least. Uh, but I don't know what it is, man. I um, 
I like I like Cassavetes. I think he's a good I think he's a good dude. And uh I like a constant forge because I actually think that it like it highlights certain parts of Cassavetes filmmaking that I think is the actual mm-hmm. reason that Criterion should be around is those things because it's like they're showing elements of filmmaking that I think are not just unconventional but they're it, and and like not just unconventional and unique, but I actually do think that they were like kind of groundbreaking in a sense and, and not in like the big way that some asshole would say. I just mean it's like I think he was just doing stuff other people weren't doing. And like a lot of people didn't like his stuff at the time, too. But he was mm-hmm. like, I don't he's like, I don't really fucking give a shit. He's like, I'll just make whatever I want or like make the stuff I like. And uh, I re- I think it's something to admire in a, in a few ways, like. I mean, if I didn't like his movies and I heard him saying that, I would be like, this guy's a fucking asshole. And I was like, and his movies suck. Uh, so I guess it's just a flip of the coin whether uh, you like it or not. But because I, because I like Cassavetes, mm-hmm. uh, I do I do like um, – I, I, those things are tolerable for me to the point where it's like, yeah, I was like, I get it. He is a – He's an interesting guy. I was like, look at all this stuff he was doing. He was mortgaging his house. He was filming in his house. See, that's all I ever see is the whole, he mortgaged his house. It's like, yeah, yeah Kevin Smith uh, racked up credit card oh, debt God. to make clerks. So he's, I guess he's just as good. And and he's also, I mean, as far as like independent filmmakers, I mean. More successful. I mean, there you go. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a compare contrast for somebody to do. Shadows v. Clerks. Clerks. I'm sure someone would love to dig into that for their honors thesis in film school or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I have I heard I heard that parts about Cassavetti before I even watched a Cassavetti yeah. movie. Whereas someone was like, "Did you know he mortgaged his house?" Yeah. I was like, "Like I don't even know what that means, dude. I don't even own a house, so like, uh, what's it, a mortgage?" It, it, it kind of like I mean, is that the most interesting anecdote though? Is that why it like it no? Lingers? I think it just gets. I think it's just something that's well it's kind of, I, I don't know I, I feel like it's kind of like the Werner Herzog like he made a bet with like Errol Morris to make a make a documentary and he'd eat his shoes and he did and people talk about that all the time and, and then in, and then he's a funny accent <laughs> it's like saying that Rob Zombie made a bet that he could come up with a movie on the spot and then he made 31 mm-hmm. right same <laughs> idea that worked out really well <laughs> I, I've heard. I, I haven't had the pleasure, but I've heard. Do you like clowns? Uh, <laughs> Do you like murder clowns? Uh, only in Cassavetti's films. Ah, oh, damn. Uh, no, I, I agree. Like, I don't think that's the most interesting thing. Like, I actually, I think the most interesting thing is that he was just, like, unrelenting in his... He, he was just like, I'm just going to make whatever I feel like. A constant forge, Jarrett. Wow. Where, uh, like, people just shit on his movies. He's like, I don't care. He's like, I'm still going to make him anyways. Yeah. Like Pauline Kale. <sighs> Who is Pauline Kale? No. Well, I think she's related to Paul Cassavetes. Uh, isn't there a Joan Cassavetes or something like that? Like Joan Cusack? Not Joan Cusack. <laughs> like, I think, because, well, there's, well, there's Paul for sure. He's he's the main guy. But then uh actual John has a son Nick and then I think he's got a daughter who's a filmmaker as well. Yeah, we looked this up before, I thought. Oh, did we? Okay, well, yeah. whatever. Um the hell was I talking about? Uh no, I just I like his style, man, because I I feel like he was he was kind of like a rock and roll dude. He was just like, I'm going to do whatever I feel like and I don't really care if people like it or not. And he's all about raw emotion 
And he's like, just get up there and scream. Uh, I find, I think he would be difficult to work for. Like there's that scene where that dude talks about how he tried to leave and then his tires were all slashed. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, I came back in. He's like, and I knew he did it. And I fucking confronted him. Mm-hmm. And they have the footage of that. And he's like, what kind of maniac cut someone's tires? And yeah. John is, John Cassavetti's just like, <laughs> he's like, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. He's like, it wasn't me. Vandalism. He's like, hey, vandalism. He's like, I know it was you. He's like, wow, I just, I don't know. No. But uh, I did like uh, some of the little, some of the little uh, inside scoops there. It's like, yeah, John would have everyone over to his house for spaghetti, and I was like, oh, so that's what that's from. Mm-hmm. But all the movies are just him, right? Like they're all, it's him and General Rollins, because yeah. clearly they had a um, interesting relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, very, very strange. But uh, I don't know. I um, I like a lot of. Uh, I did just really like his writings because I think he's in, he's got like a depth to him where some of the stuff he says, it's like, man, what does that mean? But some of the stuff he says, I was kind of like, Hmm, something to think about. Maybe (laughs) kind of, I I relate to this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I, like I said, I think if like, this is great. If you are a Cassavetes fan and want to just like be immersed in it. And I do think that the way it's, it presents the footage where it just kind of flows yep. in and out and you get to see the uh the how similar it everything kind of feels because yep. it's like the same um motions and like characters and beats like he brings he, he goes back to this stuff over and over and over again and when you get to watch it all in one place it's like oh that's that works really great i mean it's like film school in a can which has like always been the idea behind the criterion collection i think that you were kind of alluding yeah. to that like watching something like this you're like oh it's like an education um but i guess like ultimately it's like yeah but it's your mileage is going to vary depending on if oh, you're yeah. if, are, are you are you cassavetti stan here or because uh, if you're not this is gonna not gonna be a good time for you oh, um yeah like but, but hey i mean if they're gonna do a constant forge for just franco i mean mm-hmm. that that's as well made as this and i will say like this is like fairly well made but, but the edit like it's this thing needs to be so much shorter or like com- chopped up like you kind of said like you guys broke it up into two paths yeah um way more tolerable that would definitely soften it a little bit. But at the same time, there's a times where I'm like, oh my God, we're going back to this. And like, it seems like repetitive because it's like, well, we could hone this into like something else. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but it's also a celebration of his life and his legacy and his work. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I do, I do agree with you where I, I do think it has a lot of the fluffy stuff where it's just like all these testimonials are like, he could do no wrong. He's the greatest. And it's like, well, not really right and like even a couple of them like mentioned stuff it's like well sometimes you kind of lose it they're like he was kind of a spaz and uh a spaz kid yeah he was kind of a spaz kid like because oh, that's why you there, like there there's a few mentions of that in this thing i think so and like they're they kind of tiptoe around well not even actually they're just kind of like yeah he'd he'd lose it but then he'd be normal again and i was like okay <laughs> so, but there is a lot of like i said fluffiness where it's uh a lot of praise where it's like, well, and like the Sean Penn stuff, it's like, why the fuck is Sean Penn here? Like, who cares? Like, I well, know because he's probably a he's big, a big, big fan. He's a fan, yeah, a big fan, and he he's a simp and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, all that not new popular vernacular. Um, so there's that, and then like, I I do think it's good and bad. Though, like what you said, the way it we- weaves 
between movies where it's like, yeah, look, the themes in all these movies and it kind of goes and it touches, it shows you like how they're connected. But then at some points too, like it is kind of all over a little bit where you're like, man, I'm a little lost. Not like, yeah. it's not hard to follow, but you're just like, man, it's bouncing around a lot. Would you describe um, it as sprawling? <laughs> I would describe it as almost anything except sprawling. Labyrinthine. <laughs> uh, what about Byzantine? Is that a word? Uh, yeah, sure. That is. I heard I heard that's going to be in our new uh, curriculum for grade twos. Wow. Byzantine. Uh, oh yeah. art and something. so we've now watched three making of, of sorts documentaries yeah. on the, in this creep of directors we've had the carl theodore dreyer one my yep. my meter and then we, all, we we had ingmar bergman makes a movie this mm. one is definitely the best of the three i agree uh but is all but is also brutal because it's so goddamn long but uh it is hands down more interesting as a film than yeah. either of those two which are amongst the the worst in the collection oh yes for just oh, yes. like, like especially my meat, sir. <laughs> oh yes. So, um, no, I like, I totally agree with you. Where you're, you're like, if you're, if you're not actually in the Casavetes, I feel like this would be a nightmare. Yeah. Like, three and a half hours. So I get that, but like, so you're a constant forge. What would you want most? Like a buy brackage, like a stand brackage, <laughs> constant forge. Would that be like a fifty-hour? Uh, experimental Ooh. piece from jackson he could do it right oh my god uh i mean cronenberg would be like i mean i'm just looking literally well, that would be I'm, cool. I'm just looking literally yeah. at like the last like like the highest rated uh <clears throat> criterion movie we've watched in the last batch here yeah that would be cool that would be there i mean ozu would be good would i want it to be Ooh. three and a half hours long i maybe it needs to be but there's like so many more movies to talk about too i think yeah, yeah. ozu would be good Cronenberg would be interesting. I, th I feel like Cronenberg, though, I don't know if it lends itself as well, but he's alive, so he could talk about his work. But I mean, I've read, I've read Cronenberg on Cronenberg. Uh, yeah. I mean, fuck. I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I think it'd be hilarious a John Carpenter one. <laughs> John Carpenter would be amazing, and I think he he'd be like one of the he. Say you do like your your fuck your, it. Th your three people, Cronenberg, Lynch, and Carpenter. Like, I think Carpenter's would be easily the most interesting just because it's like, he's so like, he's like, whatever, I don't give a shit. And it's like, what's going on underneath, man? It's like, I know it's there. It's just, he doesn't. I, I don't think, I think he's a fucking like cowboy. Like, he's just a genre guy. He's like, he's like, I don't care. Yeah. I just spoke making the movie, telling the story. And he's. I'd still want to see oh, that. Uh, Fastbinder would be like, I mean, there, there is that one I watched that was like, yeah, not perfect. Lynch, I think, like, Lynch I, think, would be I, really I feel good. like that already, like, I feel like people are doing that on YouTube already. Yeah. Um, but there's like, there'd be, I don't know. There'd what be about pro John Lurie. Lurie. <laughs> Lurie? No. Nah. No, 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 no. You got you to save it for the big, the big boys. Scorsese actually would be like, Scorsese would be good. I mean, yeah, I'm actually surprised there because I mean, he does he does the documentaries on stuff. He does like uh, you know America and stuff like that, and he's doing all these other projects doing this yeah. world cinema. And but I don't know if anyone's like gonna. I don't know if anyone could nail the Scorsese one well because like and just like you could definitely. I mean, you draw together all those things, those themes. You'd have all the stars and the names talking about Marty, and they can talk about his relationship. He's still alive for mm -hmm. now. You know, what I think the most likely would would be. Kurosawa. Yeah, I feel like that's like if they, that, if they but there choose. is there's like what's it called? Is it like AK forty seven? Oh god. 
<laughs> that's so silly. Uh, oh, that's so silly. Uh, <laughs> dumb, dumb. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Classic. I... Classic. Interesting. Anyway, yeah, so there's fuck any of the big directors just throw a constant forge their way and it's like if you want it check it out mm-hmm. bob altman why not why not man yep. why not anyway yeah that's like the great thing with this like the documentary as a format you could just like mm-hmm. throw your i mean obviously I mean, there was like uh kubrick but i mean that was like the life in pictures and that one is very like it is chronological it's kind of like what you imagine the classical presentation is and maybe that is like maybe the thing that's interesting about constant forge is it doesn't go to the like strictly chronological boring way where it's just like oh mm-hmm. and then we did this and production cost this much money and then someone didn't show up on set <laughs> and then but yeah. then we had to do this and then they slashed my tires which i mean they, they kind of intermingle that within this like mosaic of like narratives and footage mm-hmm. but it's like at the end of the day it's like how, it's, your, it's your preference and i guess like constant forge is going for more of a uh it's a movie in itself rather yeah. than just a presentation of stuff so that's fine if you're down with the cast but you want to hear about people who aren't down with the cast i mean i can imagine yeah so uh i well, guess why not let's wrap this up who oh. hates opening night we've people. got half a star from natty yeah. i i hate this movie wow <laughs> you couldn't pay me to watch it i hate it so much i hate that cast of vet ease Thinks he was a feminist icon for doing it. I hate everything about it except Gina Rowlands. She was good. Gina Rowlands is good. Uh, hmm. This is a weird person. I mean, what are, they don't have a ton of five star stuff. Some of it's just like animation. Some of it is like uh, all about my mother from uh, Pedro Almodovar. Mm. You remember him? Which apparently um, some of opening night was referenced in. Really? Other. Yeah. I I know Frank's a big all Moldovar guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like not and again like half star films, just like shit like Last Airbender, Dinosaur from two thousand, Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. and then Opening Night. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's Very bit, bizarre. Bit harsh. Um. Yeah. Chris, one star. Oh, yeah. Gina Rollins is unstoppable, but this was just so mind-numbingly boring and felt too full of itself. So I'm just going to come out and say it. John Cassavetes is annoying as fuck, and I hate him. Smiley face. <laughs> I mean, uh, this person may well be listening to our podcast because they just watched The Leopard from 1960. Well, they might not be listening, but they're <laughs> definitely following Criterion films, you know? Right. I don't trust them at all, though, because in their top four, they have Necromantic 2. Wow. And I think it's like one of it's probably one of these cycling top fours, but still Mm -hmm. Uh, they have like over 500 five star films. But some half star films include uh, A Serious Man, Midnight Cowboy, John Voight, uh, John Voight, um, Buster Scruggs. Uh, I'm up on Poppy Hill, which looks like Grave of the Flyerflies, kind of. It's anime. Uh, <laughs> it's anime for sure. Um, I don't know some other shit, but like Manchester by the Sea. Do you think that's a half star film? No. So either. What about High Life, the sperm movie? <sighs> Debate. I don't think so. What about Velvet Buttsaw? 
Ooh. That one's maybe uh, earned its place there. Oh, yeah. As for a constant forge, mm-hmm. we have Film from Men, one and a half star. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is long. Much is good with the U.S. There are good burgers, good basketball players, and Beyonce. Mm. But then there's also this film genre, the tribute documentary. This one is mm. over three hours long. It's a lot of actors, some of whom never worked with Cassavetes, who just say, he's so great, such an awesome filmmaker. He's a great person, <laughs> a great lover, and a fantastic humanitarian, and he only cared for people and art. My God, there is no structure and far too little editing. However, mm. some things were a bit interesting. In Faces, each scene was played a lot of times where each take would be played out in different ways with an emphasis on emotion, and it's surely that attitude always getting pictures with maximum life and energy that makes his films sometimes a little overloaded. In Hmm. Woman Under the Influence, he strikes Lynn Carlin in the face to bring out more emotion. He liked to work with amateurs, so I guess it can be difficult for them to fake emotions. He also used to smack her butt, so I guess he is glad he was not part of Me Too. I'm not Uh, done. When When the actors were having fun... They told their dreams to each other, which is exciting because I thought that everyone in the world felt that dream telling was an awful way of spending time doing. <laughs> you should never make films okay. like this 3.20 at long. It is a crime against the cinema. It is so easy to cut here as well. If you just removed everyone who just says he is great, you might have 45 minutes of an interesting movie. Shame on Kisselek over this pointless eternity machine. I mean, I, I don't know if it's fair to say shame on Kisselak. Like, I don't even know the dude. Like, is he like, is he like, you know, like have expectations to live up to or just in general, this guy means, I mean, I think it's the person said some, some of the same stuff that we said, right. Where it's like, yes, a lot of it is kind of self-congratulatory kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just yes and no. I mean, I like, I mean, like I said, I definitely think it's like it's for Cassavetes fans. Yes. That's, yep. that's, I think, 100% for, for. Is that a successful film? I don't know. Probably not. Like, because most people, not. most people aren't going to go out of their way to watch this thing. It's also, I mean, now at this point, it's not online anywhere. It's not on the channel, mm-hmm. which is annoying. Uh, it's on the, only on the box set. And it's like, well, most people don't watch special features. The only people who are going to do yeah. this are Cassavetes fans. So no harm, no foul. Yep. I agree. Except for us. Except for us. Because uh, we have to, God damn it. Yes, sir. Man, a film from men gave Grand Illusion five stars. Mm-hmm. Passion of Joan of Arc five stars. Yep. Lady Eve. Uh, what was this one? The Shop on uh, that one we both like. Shop on Main Street. Yep. Five stars. High and Low five stars. Uh, Brokeback Mountain five stars. So it's like not not bad like five star films. And then when we go to one star, we got Monterey Pop, one of your favorite movies. We got uh, and God created woman. One star, Alphaville, one star, uh, the, and the ship sails on, one star, wow. and the, the night porter, one star. Unfair, unfair. Yeah. They got lots of other criterions. In, yeah, in that's all. Cri- that's too. all criterions. I mean, on par with one and a half for a constant forge. There's the Phantom of Liberty, Coco, uh, Hubi Halloween, which is a future creep, I'm sure. Um, it is Netflix, know. and they have that deal. 
They do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because Criterion is just owned by Netflix now. That would be the biggest troll job of them all, to put like a fucking Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler? in there. Oh. Well, well, I mean, they already punched Drunk Love, but that's... Punched Drunk Love. Yeah, that's but PG. that's a very high... Qu- they could do Uncut Gems next, but they won't. They they should put fucking Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore in the collection. Those are more earned earning well. than anything else. Uncut Gems? Yeah, they could, actually. They might. They might. Because... That would be a big uh, get for, as far as... I mean, for the guys. A24 guys? Well, not even A24 specifically, but the... Um, oh, the Safties? Yeah. Yeah, that would be... Why not? They could they could go into the closet, pick up some movies. Uh, I think they might already have one of those. No, I don't know. When, Probably. When, Let's when, stop looking. When up. do we get to go in the closet? I'm always in the closet, bud. What about you? Eugene McCran. Oh yeah. Two stars. <laughs> oh my goodness, pure hagiography. And at three at three hundred and twenty minutes. Wow, three hours and twenty. Three hours and twenty minutes, not three hundred twenty minutes, would just be ridiculous. No amount of Cassavetti's love can prepare you for the enervating lack of structure. It almost makes De Palma, just to name another, wow, name another doc about a filmmaker I love, look like a masterwork in pre-planning simply because they organize the stories based on film chronology. This film requires you to sift through a lot of repetitive exaltation to get to the precious anecdotes about Cassavetti's manic tendencies. Falk Mm. has some solid insights about his specific directing process, like pausing in a stairwell to settle down before a big speech in A Woman Under the Influence. Too bad I'll never be able to revisit the remark without watching the whole movie since Kisilek has blended the talking heads into an indiscernible pool. Yeah. And Ray Mm -hmm. Carney's irritating mug is pervasive, yet the film as a whole is not in the same informational ballpark as one of his books. Whatever. Mm. The goal was to get hiked again on Cassavetes and it served its purpose. So do they like this film? Well, they only gave it two stars. Huh. You know what they gave half a star, Jarrett? What? Gummo. Oh, that's just bullshit. I mean, there's lots and lots of other half-star films, but those are like, those are real half-star films. One thing that's interesting, this person gave Brief Encounter five stars, and the last person also gave Brief Encounter five stars, which is a good show. It's a good, good show. Uh, Lots of other, like, Criterions, Thin Red Line, Shortcuts. Mulholland Drive, oh, Treasure yeah. of Sierra Madre, five stars. Oh, yeah. Ray, Ray Carney was the bow tie guy. Oh, okay. That, yeah. And then there was the one woman film critic. Yeah, so Ray Carney wrote the book Cassavetes on Cassavetes. There you go. So, I mean, he's got it in some somehow. Uh, yeah, I don't need to talk about this Eugene guy anymore. He gave Alphaville five stars, even though the Whoa. last person gave it a half a star. Whoa. So what are you going to do with that? Nothing. <laughs> Wait, what are you going to do with that, Jared? Put, put it in my pipe and smoke it. Ooh, gross. Is it an- Annette Insdorf? Is she the critic? Uh, I think yes, Annette it was is. the... Yeah. No, it is, yeah. And uh, Professor at Columbia. Is that good? I don't know. Imitation, in, in, intimations. Oh, of course, it's called intimations. The cinema of Wojciech Haas. Double Lives, Second Chances. The cinema of Krzysztof Kislowski. Hmm. She done all the, the, the biggins. True Foe. Philip Kaufman. 
indelible shadows film in the Holocaust. What's uh what's a true foe? I, who who is your true foe? Uh I think you know. Anyway. Anyways, uh yeah. any any <laughs> final thoughts as we bid adieu to John Cassavetes for a while? Uh nah man, I like Cassavetes, so uh maybe surprising people, maybe not. I don't know. I I think he's a cool dude. What about you? Uh, nah. Okay. I'm mean, I I'm in I'm in no rush to revisit his yeah, movies. That's fine. And about like I'll watch Love Streams eventually. And well, uh, you got, you have to. I have to. And I'll, but it'll be a nice break in between. <laughs> yeah, just a nice ten year break. No big deal. Maybe I'll mature into his movies. Mm, well, maybe. No, no one's getting axed to death. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Mm-hmm. After the break, I am Superman. I am Superman. Remember that, RJ? Remember that? Remember yeah, him? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of that scene. No, oh, I, th- really. I, th- I thought you were a Cassavetes fan. Turns out it was all a lie. I'm not uh, a. Uh, shut up. Don't tell my sister about your most recent vision Don't tell my family they're all wicked strict Christian Don't tell the hangers on Don't tell your friends Don't tell them we went down to Ivor City again Don't tell the dancers they'll just get distracted Don't tell the DJs they already suspect us Don't mention the bloodshed Don't mention the skin So RJ, real question mm-hmm. here: What's your uh, favorite of the five Cassavetes movies? Uh, I'm gonna say Shadows. Okay. I liked Shadows quite a bit, actually. Wait, 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 wait. But Shadows. Are you or sh- not uh, faces. faces? Okay. Faces. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Faces. No, I, I liked Faces quite a bit, actually. Okay. I'm not really sure why. But uh, mm. I did. What about you? Yours is Shadows, right? <sighs> Yes, and probably from from the next. No, uh it would be a toss up between. Actually, no, it would be it would be faces. Yeah, yeah. That's like I mean they're like pretty damn close in my mind. Those two, and then after that, like I think he gets more refined. But uh, yeah, I don't know. He, the, the, he could keep keep it black and white. I say. For uh, for the movies? Yes. Okay. For, for the movies, RJ. For the movie shows. For the movie pictures. The movie pictures. I. You can email us at criterioncruise at gmail.com and tell us what your oh. favorite Cassavetes film is, or not. 
No one cares. I don't really care. It's Arch probably husbands. Everybody's probably husbands. Everybody we just won't get to watch it. Everybody loves husbands. We got a Facebook yeah. page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. Sure he is. We've got a Patreon. We've got YouTube. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Tumblr. Next week, RJ. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You like politics? No. Do you like presidents? Not not lately. Do you like impeachment? Ooh, tell me more. Do you like Philip Baker Hall? No. Robert Altman? That, Philip Baker Hall is that guy from Happiness, right? No. Well, who's Philip Baker Hall? Uh, you're going to find not... you're going to find out. I guess. He's not the lizard from, from the first no. Spider-Man? No. That's Dylan Baker. Oh, well, you can see why I was confused, yeah. right? Yeah. Another another great man. But, uh, yeah, hey, next week, Spine mm -hmm. 257, free from the grasp of Cassavetes into Secret Honor from 1984, directed by Robert Altman. Yo, it's oh, a, Robert Altman. And we're all going to see... And spend a night with Richard Nixon. Nixon's in this? We oh, yeah, have baby. Real Nixon or like pretend Nixon? Philip Baker Hall is Richard Nixon in a one Dylan in Baker? a in a one man play. Wow. Weird. Be excited. Be be excited. Is it on the channel? I don't know. I own the DVD. Oh, oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know that guy. He's not Dylan Baker. No, and and he's not Philip Seymour Hoffman either. Well, a few people are. A lot of people try to be. Apparently, it's the new thing. Uh, yeah, we got a library cop here. We'll talk about that next week. Good night. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>